Okay, people, we're done. It's over. Never mind. It's over. You know, is this a public company? Can we short this? Because there's no way this is going to do anything. The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Hello. We need sponsors, okay? Listen up, y'all. If you have deep pockets and you want us to talk about your shit, we will do it. (laughs) Yeah, and to be honest, everyone, if you're going to do that, you need to hurry up because... We're going to be dead soon. That and I am going to have to get a real job. So it hard to believe, but right. the quality might actually go down from here. And oh, there's two shit. options. It could go up. That's the other thing. If, if we spent <clears throat> a little more time, which I can spend time. I have a binder in front of me that is just absolutely chalked full of notes and stuff but this is not my job <laughs> yeah so it's it's hard to 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 go oh i actually am going to set this time aside i do set lots of time aside though i actually have we're not going to talk about this today but i might share it with you anyways it's maybe in the show but i i listen to uh the all in podcast it's one of our we're, oh also our this is, yeah this is a new idea by the way four billionaires I'm going to have like a segment I think that we're going to make. It's going to be like five, 10 minutes, maybe 10 minutes if because if it may include clips and it's going to be whatever, for lack of a good name yet, we'll call it podcast corner, podcast segment, something. Because a lot of these podcasts, I fought this idea for like, I used to think this is a bad idea. Like I had the idea once and I was like, this is terrible. Like who would ever do this? And there <laughs> are other people that do similar things. Like there's people that literally do podcast based on joe rogan's podcast like they just oh yeah do, they just like, do one other podcast it's so crazy a like he does podcast. a podcast and then they just comment on his pod like uh, but that's all that is like what okay talk about and i thought that's dumb. yeah <laughs> but it's clever in a way i wouldn't do that because it's too his stuff is too broad like half of the stuff that comes out of there at least more than half of joe rogan stuff just not interesting to me i don't care about half the comedians all the wrestling all that but you're going to do a podcast segment, so you're going to rag on a certain podcast? Is that what you're talking about now? Just like touch on some things that come from them. Because one of the things that I'm going to bring up today, which is just kind of minor, I don't have a ton of stuff on it, but it's from one of the these podcasts, and they're a very heavy... A lo- oh, this is my point. Like a lot of podcasts do this. They, they'll play all these clips, or they'll... They, read articles, news, you know, it's, uh, they bring like headlines and stuff or clips from news and it's, you know, what's wrong with podcasting is becoming the mainstream, whether people realize that or not. If you haven't noticed that, then you're not paying attention yet, or you're, you're too deep in the podcast verse to realize that that's also, it's more popular than mainstream media. Mm -hmm. So, and it's becoming, it's getting ideological, just like the news. You know what I mean? It's getting just, mm-hmm. it's becoming the same thing. So why not some of these really big names out there? And then some of the smaller ones, just kind of, if something wild comes up, I'm just saying there's stuff in those that's worth comment commenting on because these, like, for example, candidates for president on the Republican ticket, 
going on. Sure, they hit the news every now and then, but they get 30 seconds between commercials. Right, they're really and, going on the podcast for hours. And for hours. That's how it should be and on the like, news or whatever. And there's like talking for hours, like, and yeah. interesting stuff comes out of that. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. So anyway, but uh, yeah, one of these things that I did recently, so I was listening to All In Podcast, and they were talking about commercial real estate. It sounds really boring, but it was pretty interesting. Did you hear that episode? <laughs> really interesting. They talk about it a lot. I mean, what They're specifically? Obsessed. Yeah. They were saying, let's see if I actually wrote this down. Well, because they talk a lot about the real estate market in San Francisco and how it's yes, all going Yes, that's what they were talking about. And all of the real estate is only, I mean, it's like 30% usage of what it used to be or something. Yes. Whatever it is. Yes, I literally wrote yeah. that. And so what, what they were saying was, oh, here's like an example of a building. It's it's like cost whoever is has ownership X amount of dollars. Now it's selling for, if they were trying to sell it for way less, so they're going to try to, they're like doing this auction thing, yada, yada. And then there's this theory, I guess, swirling around in the gajillionaire world of Twitter. I don't know that these, this auction thing for this particular building, which must be some valuable property or used to be, is maybe to, for lack of a better term, convince the bank that it's actually not worth what their banknote is on it. And so like something has to give. I don't know how that actually works. And uh, I thought that was interesting and terrifying. Again, it's localized to an extreme case in San Francisco, apparently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something wild going on. But there's a lot of interesting stuff. So that, but anyway, so it got me thinking about commercial real estate and residential. But I did this whole. It took me two pages, or I was doing like a box and arrow chart, trying to figure out how does this work. Like so, like a real psychologist. Say, yes, I'm like, like I've got a psychology degree. Everything is box and arrows. I don't know if you the know. That's how data brains comes in. Uh, yeah. Perception, mental constructs, right. <laughs> Some, and then behave, and then behavior comes out. So that's yeah. how the brain works. It's also how real estate markets work. Uh, if you're a psychologist, so. Anyways, I was trying to, I'm like, I just started with piece of land, guy with money, developer. How does it all, how how does all of that work out? You know, so developer buys land, develops land, people get paid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Land gets sold by the developer. Developers develop, they don't own the buildings generally. So they develop land, they, some rich person buys it, landlord, whatever you call those people. And then what happens from there? Because that cost, no, but at some point, I know there's a lot of credit along the way, but a lot of that's real money. And then it gets to the someone, the buy, the guy who buys that property. And then it's kind of outside the realm of real money. You know, we're talking like, oh, some guy comes in and buys a $100 million building, but he's going to make money somehow. And then I, it started branching off when it when you start thinking of good economy, Bad economy, boom economy. You know, what what actually happens in those and what's the actual desired outcome? Is the idea, and it appears to me that the idea, and this seems to be the case in uh, residential as well, somebody in that chain or somewhere in that whole chain, the assumption that that property is a thing that can be owned disappears. Like we don't, you know, like 
a, a mor- mortgage literally is like French words combined that basically mean a death note. You're not supposed death, to pay it yeah. off. You die with that debt. You never have that. And nobody ever goes and buys a $100 million building and just goes, here's $100 million. Now I own it. That's not the idea. That's not even somehow that's, you know what I'm saying? It's like the economics of the whole transaction stop functioning a certain way at a certain point where now it's actually about debt and leveraging debt and and speculation. I don't know. It started really confusing me. And I I went a couple pages with this and eventually I got, I just got lost. I couldn't figure out because I, I couldn't, and I mm. couldn't figure out just what the assumptions were. I'm like, what actually, what is, what do people even want? Cause I'm thinking, oh no, you know, you can't own the thing, but I don't think the people involved in those transactions are thinking of it that way. You know what well, I mean? Well, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a, excuse me, it's an asset that people want to monetize. And so they purchase, you know, or take on a bunch of debt with hopes in the future or plans to leverage that oh, asset yeah. to make money or whatever over time. This is what this is what made me send you that text recently where I was like, or, or where I said, I wasn't like, I said, we should figure out. Like, like, think, like, 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 like. By like, the like, way, yeah, I yeah. am <laughs> the worst offender on that podcast. I don't know about said that. that. I was out in of that control. podcast. Maybe in that podcast, out of control. The podcast before that, it was me. And trust me, I took out. I took out like. I took out so many likes, and it still oh, was just one continuous like. Just never stopped. <laughs> I could not handle it between everywhere. Yeah, oh, I think wow. if it, it it happens if I'm thinking yeah. real time and and it's a hard thing to think about and I'm trying to say it fast because we have limited time, you know, it just starts it starts coming out. You out just start woodwork. trying to have, <laughs> everywhere. You know, like, 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 like 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 this is like that is like this like that like this like that. I'm connecting like, all the oh dots. <laughs> and all the dots are labeled like. Yeah, um, the string is the red string is like it might be an effective tool in, in that kind of uh, uh, process. Anyway, this Anyways, text you sent me, yeah. Where I was like, where I said, oh, good. We should think about banks, like banking and money oh, and, pro- and profit motive. Problem. Or, you know, because I started thinking, I actually, because we function under that system so intensely, the interest, loans, you know, all that debt, basically. I mean, our money is debt based uh, that's you know, what a billionaire and, said that's why i was what i was thinking of when you were talking about that whole real estate narrative because here's this billionaire who goes on this podcast he's very rude and very uh awful seeming is it um, gary vandercheck or is it that old mexican looking guy he's like old i was gonna say he's asian but no i think he's asian i don't think he's mexican is it is his last name pena maybe i don't know because there's anyway. a guy that's a billionaire and he's He's like, I mean, he's just a crazy dude, but he's kind of cool in a way. He's got like a no. It wasn't like that. He was just being asked questions, and he was like, "Look, listen." He's like, "I'm not answering your questions." He's like, "I'm going to tell you how to be rich," and he's like, "Money is debt," and so people who are like, "Get out of debt," is a good financial strategy. Don't understand. He's like, "You need to take on debt to become rich or something," and it was just. Like that, just we, how do we live in such a topsy turvy society where we're so far away from fundamental principles that that is now, no, not that guy. Not him, um, okay. Not Don Pena, Dan Pena, whatever the hell that guy's name is. Um, 
But he, how we've gotten so far away from fundamental principles that now doing something that actually makes no sense, that would actually be financially detrimental to you, is somehow the pathway to oh, financial no. freedom, financial prosperity. My social media feed tried to get me into this recently. It was these guys, more than one, doing these like short videos. They're such a weird, I don't really get the point exactly. It always feels like they want me to, they don't offer it in the video, but it's like not enough information. Maybe it's to get you to come buy something they have or some service. I don't exactly know, you know, attend some class, but it's this, the whole premise of it is just debt is a tool to get rich. You don't even have to pay your debt. I've even heard people say like, don't pay your debt, do this other thing with your debt. And I mean, things that I've never even heard of just crazy town financial rigmarole. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. But I, but I understand the concepts, the Keynesian. Keynesian Yes. I understand you you can get rich by doing that, but it doesn't make sense. It does. And and you should pay off economic growth. What's that proverb? Like the debtor is the slave to the lender. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. So I just (laughs) thought that'd be really worth looking into. Which, yeah, well, uh, I mean, just a little commentary on the banking system. I think the interest-based banking system is fine. That is a way to operate yeah. the system. I think interest in some way forces inflation um, because that's how you have to lend out more dollars or whatever because I'm charging interest, and so somehow you have to pay back more dollars than I gave you, which means that the money supply has to increase in order for that to yeah. make sense. If you want a super whole... quick a super quick recap on it, just Google fractional reserve lending. There's a thousand articles, videos, the way that it works, you get banks get money from you and then they can lend out more than you gave them as long as they keep a percentage. And that's like a legal code right. thing. And now They're that allowed to do that. And that creates money. So then they give someone else that money, and then those people be productive with that money, then in theory, pay that money back or put more money in the bank, but then that money gets put in the bank and then they can lend more than that money. It's you know, so it's just this ever growing and that causes inflation. But that's even how dollars are it's how, kind of just how dollars are created, how more dollars get created. It's a, it's weird. And the alternative would be that 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 you don't inflate money like that, but that the the value of each money, just yeah. goes up and up. It becomes and you intrinsically could, more valuable. Right. And that's also a little weird. So it's hard to, it's just one of those things. I'm like, this would be really interesting to look into on a really deep dive level with zero ideology. Cause you're either going to get capitalism, bad capitalism, good from these other people or banking should be gold standard or this, but what is just on by, I don't even care. I just want to know yeah, what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Personally. Yeah, who cares? I mean, I think it gets out of control. That's the point I would make is that you could have a system where you have interest and it, it makes sense. But what we're living in, it seems crazy. It just seems like we've gotten totally out of control. Like what's going on with credit scores? They're the worst thing in the world. You can't you have to have credit to get credit, which doesn't make any sense. This is a phenomenon, though, in a lot of different domains. I think about this with jobs. It doesn't make any sense to me. How do you? Every job is like you have to have been doing this job for multiple years in order to oh, get yeah. the job. So you're always in this weird loop where you're like, you can't get the job because you don't have the experience, but you can't get the experience because you don't have the experience. So you're in this never-ending cycle. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is there's lots of weird gatekeeping in the world for sure. And but, I yeah, don't understand yeah. how to navigate that because I think you did all the things right, but it's like what you noticed or what you came up against was still that same meme, first of all, of this, like, have you need experience to get experience, you need experience, you need to get that experience to get the job. You know, it's like, this is a total mind melt. You can't, it's not tenable. The, it, the equation doesn't equal out. But also, you, along the way, saw these little opportunities, not opportunities, little funny things you know, and you were <laughs> this is not opportunities, little funny things. They're little funny things because it's 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 kind of like doctors. You know, you can be a doctor, but we're gonna get you for most of your life in college and licensing. You know, you'll never real or or my degree, one of them being psychology. Everyone Jesus. gets that degree at UGA. Everyone gets that degree. You know, yeah. Apparently. And then and I didn't you know how prolific it, it was. It's so prolific. Like, for example, I would go, I was just telling Kim this the other day, because I took, I was doing two degrees at the same time. So I would go from, a, you know, on a single day, I would go to my psychology course and I'd be in a room with like 300 people. And then I'd have a philosophy course for the philosophy degree. And I go to a room with like nine people and no one even knew, even in the school, like no one even knows what philosophy is. It's just super, not elite. But just tiny little degree that nobody gets because no one even knows yeah. what it is, and th so it's just this crazy. And I'm like, it almost seems is... like that should not be like that because when you think about the culmination of all degrees, they're all philosophies in, and yet at the baccalaureate level, people are like, "What's philosophy?" <laughs> well, there's a theory that you could type, you can go to any Wikipedia page, and just start clicking blue links, you know, because it'll be you go to x-ray or something and you can click you always you know, they'll have highlighted words and if you just keep clicking long enough it will always go back to philosophy which is like of course it's the fundamentals of stuff of whatever a phd is lit literally means a philosophy a p stands for philosophy right exactly so, that's what i was saying it all culminates <laughs> in that so it's, yeah. how does it where's the disconnect coming and, you th and yeah. honestly probably should be taught in the reverse order your bachelor's degree should be a philosophy in something like here's the yes. basic premise of what's no, going on now let's build all the technical problem. details on top of it people don't know shit people don't know shit me and michael talk about this all the time where these phd no, people who come in is absolutely insane they it's a mockery to call it a philosophy in something because they don't understand at all what's going on. Like they could not explain the philosophy of the subject to you, which all they, they're literally just licensed technicians. That's all they are. It's like they can do advanced statistics, but a lot of times they don't even understand advanced statistics. People, oh my God, this the makes only me so people, frustrated. I believe but, that the only people that should every single research ever anything everything that has anything to do with research even if you're studying some social science fake ass science thing <laughs> you always should be required maybe even by law that <laughs> yes. there is a statistician that looks at what the fuck you did because i've never met anyone 
that understands statistics truly other than a st- a, st- a mathematics PhD or a statistics PhD or or masters because there's something that happens you get confused and these people no, you, who go and, into these subjects are often like not math people and so they go in there thinking oh i'm just going to study psychology and then it's like well good morning now here's a your 10 workbooks on uh, statistics and you're going to need to understand all this before we can even really talk about blah 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 that's so they what, just learn that's the what the techniques. masters in that's yeah. what masters in psychology is my next year if i or my next degree if i had gone for the masters the biggest difference is just statistics Right, and right. I, it, for the bachelor's degree, I had to have a bunch of t- statistics. And what you realize is, the people do know a piece of the domain of statistics that are trustworthy, usable. They know some of the pitfalls. You know, you can kind of learn those things. And be like, oh, you know, watch out that you do statistics this way. It might look one way. You got to make sure you run it this way too. So you so you make sure that that's they a real a thing. Things, You're not lying. Sure. To you. yeah. But they're but those are hacks. You know, they just learn right. that. When you become, when you, I'm just saying, based on experience, you meet a statistics PhD, they know, they know it fully. Yes. They know it's an intuitive all the science. things. It's f- another yes. philosophy. Oh, yes. It's a philosophy. They understand what's going on on like the best, the most, the most intense level that you, you know, yes, it's the like most you can fundamental work. fundamental level. Yeah. I can work on a, a car, but there are people that, or I could even code a little tiny bit, but if you ask me. To, you need a PhD in computer science can tell you about a computer, really, like how it really works, really, really, you know. Anyway, yeah. that's no, either neither here nor there. Anything. Yeah, they're technological, technological experts who don't know anything. I was just going to say, the thing that annoys me the most is I see this all the time in the business world and people talking about qualitative research as if – it is quantitative research, and people do not understand the difference. I cannot tell you how many times I've had people run, like, six interviews with people and then go, like, 80% of participants said, what are you talking about? If you talk to six people and then go, 80% of customers say, you are an idiot and you should be fired. That does not make any sense. You talk to six people. You don't understand the basics of sampling or research. That's yeah. criminal. Yeah. Ad- yeah, X amount percent is X out of a hundred, but I had six. But I could still have out of a hundred. Yeah, I just extrapolate, uh, and I'm generalizing to ten million, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm generalizing to a population. Yeah, yeah. To, the, to the population, probably of the world. Yeah. Ultimately, that's Seven what they like billion, to do. Actually. Just keep Eight going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all and all the ones that are dead, it applied to them too. All people throughout all time, hundreds of billions. Yeah. We know, because and we, we even know about people. we even know the psychology of cavemen and why they behave that way. Thank God, and too the way they interpret interviews. Oh my God, it really bothers me. People are so literal, and I heard this recently. It was so interesting because people, it's like people don't understand. People cannot communicate. They don't hear what people are saying. You know, when people say something, there's a spirit of what they're saying. You know, you're like, I'm smelling what you're stepping in, or something. Mm-hmm. Where what they're saying literally is not quite exactly what they mean, but like you, us, we're like yeah. like 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 like, and you're like, yes. and then you get what it's like a little bit, exactly. Of, maybe you pick exactly. up what we're laying down. <laughs> but there's so many bad interviewers who just take people at literally face value of what they're saying and completely oh, yeah, miss that. the point. And it, what the hell is going on? And I think too is such a pervasive problem because this is what I hear. 
when I get confused or like have weird arguments with people, I feel like that's what's going on is that I'm people are having this weird literal understanding of what's happening or they take the news too literally or just trust sources or whatever. And it's like, OK, but if that were to be true, like how would that what would that mean? Like, have you thought about that? Like, do you even know what you're saying right now? Yeah. Yeah. Any argue, any, argu- any dispute can be like that. I mean, I can have an argument with Kim like that, you know, where and. Uh, yeah, of course. If yeah. you if especially if one person because sometimes this happens, like one of us will decide to be try to like s- figure out the debate like with symbolic logic almost, <laughs> you know. But you and said the other, this, and this yeah. is not that. So you have then, to be wrong, right? And then that'll be the literal point: is that I'm right. using this extreme logic, and then I'll say something. Just in this example, it happens to both of us, though. and then. She'll go, well, it's not like that. I'm like, well, you get it. I'm not being literal. And she, oh, now we're not being literal. So it's just right, for what right. it's just self-serving, whatever you choose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ultimately, it's just so you have to do a little bit of both. Make sure you're as logical. And I usually invoke the logic when I can't make progress. Just I'm just a personal note. When the, I go, this is actually really I've lost the emotional thread. I actually cannot. Can we now can we switch back to <laughs> A whiteboard. I don't know what I'm talking okay. about anymore. <laughs> if a yeah, if if p then q p therefore q. Uh, I don't know. You know, we got to make sure this works because I'm lost now. So yeah. there's a place for all of it, but yeah, people. Anyway, they're just all just self-serving. Sorry. Anyway, I tried about that. I have um something else. Okay, wait. Before you talk about that, oh I just okay, yeah, yeah, to go. make a brief commentary. So last episode we talked about. The Republican debate, the third debate, very interesting. Oh, yeah. And apparently the news has been saying that, I don't know, Nikki Haley won? Who won? I don't know. Uh, Not Vivek. But then you look at the comments. So if you go to the YouTube video, this is on NSNBC's uh, YouTube channel. So it's the official post. Uh, All of the comments are about how Vivek won and how he's... Great. I just thought it was kind of shocking. There are like literally almost zero comments about any other candidate. Okay. Uh, I'll just yeah. read some. Vivek is the only one that actually answering questions completely. These are YouTube comments, people, so people are not typing properly. Uh, and being honest with the American public. It didn't surprise me that all of them did not cover enough on the U.S. problems inside. Yeah, exactly. Ramaswamy had the best night. He's the brightest person on the stage and fearless. They gave Vivek considerably less time than other candidates. This is a good sign. It means he was effective. How is this the debate when candidates are not being allowed to address one another directly? That's so true. Um, I love Vivek's opening statement for slamming the media for their biases. But anyway, so it's just interesting, one, because a lot of it's about Vivek, but this comment really got me thinking, and it says, this is like watching a debate in the USSR where by mistake they invited someone who went off script and told the truth. And I just thought, wow, that is actually so true. I think we almost take it for granted. Like, we've kind of been propagandized, like, we're living in America. This is the land of the free. And... But when you think about the debate, if no one told you and you didn't know that was America, you might think this is a communist country, honestly. You'd be like, why have we got all these shills? And then someone's like criticizing the media and the media just kind of smiles creepily back at the candidate and then goes, thanks, question. If people are concerned about 
the establishment and deep state or whatever whatever people think is kind of the one of the higher level controlling apparatuses i'm not saying this is the highest level but i'm saying this is one of the most fundamental core pieces of it the parties the dnc and the rnc are megalithic control corporation mechanisms that that was a weird jumble of words but they it captures the point they are that is the establishment and actually ramaswamy recently went on the pbd podcast the patrick bet david's or david whatever his name is podcast he had Ramaswamy on there, just his most recent one. So just the other day, after the base, after after the base, and one of the things that Ramaswamy pointed out, he really was focused in his message on this podcast. He harped on the same things over and over and over again, and I find it to be very interesting. Ramaswamy we'll get did. into yeah. He just he quite literally was repeating himself over and over. It was a little inter- kind of interesting, but he's trying to drive a message home. I get it. But one of the things that he popped out there and said. Almost in passing, but and maybe I didn't listen to the whole thing. Maybe he keeps going on this as well. But this little interesting dynamic that exists in the RNC, the Republican National Convention, where each one of those candidates has their own campaign team, campaign managers, you know, they're getting millions of dollars, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And that they will have these kind of, for lack of a better term, I can't remember what he called them, but I'll just call them like pregame meetings. So like they'll meet before or after debates so just as as the RNC with their because that's what they do they get they fund candidates that's what, that's what the Democratic Party does the National Republican Party that's what they do so they'll have these insider meetings the RNC meets with every candidate before and after debates they'll have they'll have these meetings where they all will enter come into a room so to that's this is how he was basically describing it. I can actually find the clip It's the most recent thing I listened to I paused it right after that. And he's and he said that basically he's not invited to those. He's the only candidate that doesn't get to go into those closed door meetings. What? Oh my God! Wow. Look, if I were the RNC, mm-hmm. which you are, which I am, what I would do is put my lick my finger and stick it into the air and figure wh- which way is the wind blowing. How do we get and I, a guy into the office? How can we get a how can we win? Yeah. And whether it's against Biden or or someone really good, I, I understand that Newsom is yeah. not quote unquote good, but the guy is smart and knows how to talk. He's he would be a formidable opponent, probably. Sure. Not, not after what he did in California. Yeah. Or or even Michelle Obama. So what can we do? And they I would look at these videos like you just said and look in the comment section assuming they're not bots i don't know but if i well let's actually step one one step back before we even do that you they could those could be bots commenting (laughs) and what you know what i'm saying to make it look like oh my gosh the establishment does not want ramaswamy but the people do and if they haven't figured that out then they're literally idiots because bernie sanders Ron Paul, Ross Perot, you can always play on that. Even Obama, people voted for him. They thought he was an outsider. It became clear later that he wasn't, you know, all the 
info comes out. People dig into it. They don't, they, whatever. Sure. Yeah. But you would make, you would want it to look like Was that. Was he even would, born in America? Right. RFK. Same thing, right? It's like, I'm being He's a ignored. Kennedy. He's a freaking Kennedy. What are we talking nope. about? Yeah, <laughs> His family nobody literally will... works in the deep state right now. Right. Nobody will talk to me. Every, you know, Everyone hates their, the DNC is rejecting me. What, what does all that information do that makes the voter go, I like this guy? So interesting, right? Now, sure. Yeah. Well, they don't want Vivek. I don't know what the deal is with or that. Or do they? The That's RNC's... what I'm saying. Oh, or do like, they want him? Mm. Are they trying to make it look like they know it's that? So, so Rom, what's that Romney lady's name? Brenna, Denna, D- D- Rana, Rana McDaniel, or whatever. Is. Yeah, she might recognize I'm a character in a play, and I look, I, I appear as the establishment in this phase of the game in the primaries, and if we want to pick our guy. Maybe it's Ramaswamy. I don't know. They go, let's make this dynamic. We'll look like we're against him. We'll look like we don't want him, like the establishment doesn't want him, the news doesn't want him. And they don't, it's not even tea leaves reading. You just, like you said, just look in the, I don't even think that, even if the comments aren't trustworthy, I just talk to people. And if they've heard of RFK or Ramaswamy, you get this kind of, oh yeah, that is palatable. You know, I do kind of like him. Yeah. That is, it really works. So what are they really? Yeah, I so mean, if it it's, could be that, yeah. But if it's not that. That's then, what I was thinking. If it's not that, it could be okay. that Vivek is just totally done with these RNC people. He's a true outsider. They're only concerned about the military, super PAC, super okay. whatever, military so, spending, big donor, industrial state. And uh, Vivek is auditioning for maybe VP with Trump or something. Uh, or he's auditioning to be his own third party candidate with VP as a backup or whatever. You know, so that could be it. Too. Or, yeah, he wants to be the RNC. He wants to have Donna McDaniel's position. I don't know. Now, that is not oh, out of the question. Yeah. And here's why I think that. I th- I have notes on it, but I think it would be better if I play this clip. And the reason I thought it was worth talking about, even though it's been talked about, is like I was just saying, some of these podcasts just because they this is what they do they, they here's this stuff and then they go and then you won't hear about it again they just next you know more stories they just they're feeding off of the you know the news and what's happening yeah, so this we're is all i heard fed from the associated press right and and this was <laughs> the endless news cycle yeah and this is just like a 2 minute thing they talked about and is great what they found and i'm thinking there's got to be more digging that you could do here and figure out some, what is really going on and i'll so i'll show you this Interesting clip. Oh my God! You know, I'm, <laughs> Peterson yeah. is going to be so when he comes to his senses is going to be so embarrassed by this utopian bullcrap that he's part of. Okay, so they're talking about this in the context, I think, mostly of Jordan Peterson. That is, he, I, he's he going to be have to go on an apology tour. I mean, he's that is the worst thing I've ever heard. He is he. So there's these shots of him standing you know, over a huge canyon, and there's a drone shot, and he's standing there almost like Moses. I mean, it, Peterson may be the Antichrist for all we know, but I I did a little bit of research, and I and I say that only in biblical context. Because this is something really, really irks me about what's going on here. But now looking, because this is a massive conference. There's money behind this. 
So first, um, a little bit. Yeah, about, yeah, okay, I found out for us. Um, so the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship was launched by Peterson, includes what we call public intellectuals, Arthur Brooks, Niall Ferguson, Bjorn Lomberg. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The old public intellectual, a term which is fairly recent, by the way, and, and more. Yes, like the, the intellectual dark web. When I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Here when I was a kid. Here we go. There was no such. So this is the group behind this is the Legatum group, the Legatum Institute, L-E-G-A-T-U-M. Okay. And the Legatum Institute um, was described by the Financial Times as the intellectual heart of Brexit. So they're talking about this group that Peterson has. That he's part of, that he's created or whatever. This is what they're talking about. And these are the connections. Right, the ARC Foundation. Yes, and these are the connections. And that it's being funded by this legality Funded by the Grinnell thing, which was also behind, behind Brexit. Brexit. Interesting. Is where all this is coming from. Oh, okay. And they also are connected to GB News, which makes total sense. So, you know, we've got all Ooh. the... GB News, you know, that's the thing that Mark Stein was on. And oh, oh all, okay. you know, it, they have fun, fun stories is definitely a, a counter narrative in the UK. But so, yeah. you know, so, so far, I mean, this feels like Russell Brand. This feels, I mean, it feels like all of these kind of people. And if you look at the advisory board, um, let me see if I can find some uh, interesting people here. Um, so Arthur C. Brooks. He's a William Henry Bloomberg professor. We've got Barry Strauss, military historian on ancient Greece. Bjorn Lomberg, um, you know, with the Copenhagen consensus think tank. We've got, oh, Dan Crenshaw, Patch McCain. He's in there. Um, who else? James Orr, associate professor of philosophy of religion. We've got, uh, oh, would you look at that? We've got uh, Mike Johnson, our new speaker of the house. He's a member of it. Michael Schellenberger, of oh, course, part of the Westminster Declaration. Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Isn't he a spook? Um, there's, you know, so Niall Ferguson, uh, Philippa Stroud. I mean, it's just, it's, it is into Tony Abbott, Victor Davis Hanson, Vivek Ramaswamy. What? Okay. Let's keep going. Yeah. Oh, and Winston Marshall, a Grammy award winning musician. So it's just like, I'm missing Yo-Yo Ma. That's the only one they didn't get in there. You didn't Yo-Yo dig Ma. deep enough. He's a part of the WEF. Who? Yo-Yo Ma is a part of the WEF. Oh, I did not even know who that was. Or World yeah, Okay, world okay. I, I literally... He's a famous cellist. I'm not going to lie. I thought he said Yo-Yo Mom, and I was like, okay, cultural reference I don't understand. Okay, I'm glad that that actually meant something. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. The Yo-Yo Mom, that sounds like an interesting YouTube video. Okay, so the Legatum Institute. Who is that actually funded by? So the Legatum Institute is funded by the Legatum, Legatum Group, which includes... Uh, an investment firm, Legata Capital, run out of the United Arab Emirates. Oh, a UAE operation. Yes. And they fund things like the the Freedom Fund, the Ebola Crisis Fund. Um, oh, they got tons of money. They also, they have a lot of money. There's a money grab by these public intellectuals. Okay, well, good for them. They also anyway. have a stance on climate change. The um, population growth, not capitalism, is the biggest cause of climate change. The best way to save the planet is to give women more control over their own fertility. 
So there's all kinds of things here that I just don't like. That's funny. Troll said, Kevin, I think that there's false idols here that we need to be be careful of. And I was totally. Okay, that's, they have a few more pieces of commentary on it, but I think we could probably do our own from that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So weird, right? So basically, Jordan Peterson, growing in fame, growing in fame, becomes this different kind of person, goes away for a while, gets on drugs, come back. Now he's working for Ben Shapiro, Israel War, interesting commentary you might not expect. He didn't seem like he had an agenda. Now he seems a little more agenda-like. He's got this big institute now. The, okay, remember back in the day, Jordan Peterson had to take... He, he pa- Patreon used to have this thing where you could see, uh, maybe they still do, how much... How, so how you could do basically they gave you enough information to do the math how much and i think they used to actually tell you literally this is how much money they're getting per month the guy was getting mm-hmm. incredible amounts of money for a minute there i mean i think for a time and this and then it got and then he removed that feature so that it didn't display that i'm pretty sure he was this is in my head this is a memory i have or i looked it up i think it was $80,000 a month or something, just mm. unbelievable amounts of money. So now he has this institute. He's doing this. He's become. I, he's looking like he's. I don't know what establishment. But he look. He's starting to look like he's part of a movement. You know what I mean? There's something going on here. Then he has this weird. Well, he's becoming a public figure proper. And he has this art group thing. Whatever this is. He has organizations. Yeah. Art. Art. <laughs> Not an art. No art. Art. Like yeah. like Noah's Ark. Like it's all these biblical things. By the way, side note. Yes, I have written yes. right in my notes because I write it every time we talk because I just can't get away from this thought, this idea. Jordan Peterson is doing something very interesting with this religious shit, with this Christianity stuff. He is obsessed. He appears to be obsessed with it. He's so interested in it. He's going through the Bible. He's trying to share these insights and all this. But I, he, look, I, we grew up around people that love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? This, and they love Jesus. And the people we grew up around, a lot of them, they look at people like Joel Osteen, for example, these mega popular, you know, Christians, mega church pastors. And the thing about those Christians is they never bring you the message of Jesus, whether you agree with it or or not, it doesn't matter. I'm saying it's just what they don't do. They just don't do it. Joel Osteen is a gajillionaire and he's like a self-help guru. He makes you feel good and, and all this stuff. But ultimately he, he's not, he's not, he's not focused on the, on what Christianity is which is old testament Mm. as a as a as a covenant and the new testament as the new covenant and that jesus came and brought this whole new message and you know you follow in his way there some some sects of it take it very literally that you know like some catholics is that you know the cracker and the wine yeah, is literally well, the blood of christ they humble it's... themselves they're sort of like we are god's servants we don't speak god's word or we can't interpret or whatever the Bible yeah for you it's a, just a different vibe yeah, a lot of them. so peterson i i write this every time peterson jordan peterson equals atheist he seems to me like like he is an atheist because he'll talk to so i just heard one a podcast he talked to this christian philosopher guy like a c.s lewis type and 
Oh, Did you yeah. hear that one? Did you listen to that one too? Yeah, that's so a good one. that guy, that's Jordan Peterson, and this guy, he's radical. He's like, I like him, kind of like a public intellectual, he's, but he's also like, but God's real and it's personal. He's and it's literally like very like religious. Th- he had all the components that Peterson doesn't have. You get, you know what I mean. And when you listen, you 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 yes. think this guy actually believes something, whereas Peterson doesn't seem to believe anything. He just wants to. And I understand the intellectual idea behind this. I just want to explore this. But, dude, you're absorbing this yeah. population and you are giving them a weird – it feels very false prophet. I'm sorry. Like it has a weird feeling to Dr. it. Dr. John Lennox is yeah, the he's, other guy. That, that guy we was great. About. Whether you're Christian or not, I mean, he just had a great, great story, very intellectual, uh, very matter-of-fact, not preaching Jesus – I mean, that's not his point. He's just a... Well, they both talk about the intellectual, heady aspects of religion, which you can get to, and lots of people do. It's like, well, if you try to understand the universe, if you do real science, eventually you get back to these big questions that we don't really have answers for, like morality. Where does that come... Like, you can do an epistemology on morality, but you can't... Or, sorry, you can do the morality of a... or Yeah, you can do epistemology on morality, but you can't do the morality of epistemology, blah, blah, blah. Like, these fundamental, like, deep problems and uh well he goes back and he explains a lot of this kind of in the way that jordan peterson explains stuff but then he just says and that's why and he like builds the logical arguments he's like that's why i think god is very personal and it's like that that is the truth and god is monotheistic and it was jesus and blah 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 you know and it's it sounds kind of radical but it is kind of what you're saying where it comes across as he kind of takes an extra leap of faith that Jordan Peterson seems unwilling to take, even though Jordan Peterson gets up to the door of those kind of claims or beliefs, but then he just doesn't leap yeah. or something. Well, and this guy's like, well, that means this. <laughs> we just leap right to it. I have a f- friend I've mentioned a million times. Monica Perez has the deep dives podcast with Monica. She has, she is Catholic. Okay. But she is anti preach Okay, here's a quote. She's not proselytizing. Never. She would never. She just trusts what the priests say. You know what I mean? As long as it works with the te- you know, she's logic it's inter- she's very interesting in this regard. And she said something the other day I thought was just it really perfectly encapsulates her and I want to make a comparison. She said she was talking to someone that was kind of maybe maybe more spiritual, I don't know. And she says laughing, joking, you know, kind of sort of jovially Ha, jest yeah. or something. In yeah. jest, but it's true, but it's but it's funny. Self-deprecating a little bit, just kind of funny. She said, she she's laughing. She goes, ha ha, I'm, I'm religious, not spiritual. Which is a perfectly Catholic thing to say. You know what I mean? It's just an honest mm. thing to say. Because, she, but, she, but now, I would say the same thing about Jordan. Well, aren't they very much about the tradition and following They're very the traditional, different yeah. vibe. And, but yeah. for her, I would disagree with her. Based on my experience of her, and I'll juxtapose to the experience of Jordan Peterson, because I would probably say the same thing about Jordan Peterson. He's what he seems like is he seems religious, but not spiritual, which is odd because he's not following a tradition. He's following an intellectual tradition. So what is his religious ideology? It's just like the world's scientism, intellectualism, uh, logic, uh, Pragmatic, you know, he's all those things. Oh, mm. and but Monica will describe other things about her experience as just a religious person, but not a spiritual person. And it'll be things like she'll 
have some experience in church or they shut down uh, communion at her church during COVID or whatever. It's like, it brings her to tears. You know, she's moved by this, like, because it's, because there's a, and the only thing I can say that looks different in that regard with someone that does will admit I'm religious, not spiritual, is that it's deeply, is that honestly, she actually is spiritual. She believes something. She believes something that it matters, you know, whereas I feel like what Jordan Peterson is doing is he's looking at this religion and he's going, this is useful. And it's, he, but it's only useful. It's, he might be saying it's immensely useful. It's the most useful thing in the world. It's the most insightful pre-scientific psychology that's ever existed, whatever. He, all these ways that he builds well, it up. Yeah, that's but an he, interesting point. But he doesn't seem like he believes anything about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a weird okay. thing. Yes. Well, so he gets a little bit into pragmatism. And it's interesting you say that because he does take a weird, what comes off as a weird spin on a prosperity gospel. Yes. Where a lot of what he says It's is, like political prosperity so or social we, prosperity. Yes. Yeah. He's like, so we can enable human flourishing. And that's what the whole ARC Foundation is about. It's like, we want to enable a better world where everyone can flourish and prosper, which is like a good thing, you think. But then it also, when you think about it, it is kind of not, it doesn't jive with a lot of traditional Christian preaching, which is not about like prosperity gospel is a weird sect of Christianity. And most people think that that's kind of perverted, that you should think well, that, the worst like God doesn't want you to be rewarded in your material life. God wants yeah. you to sacrifice everything. <laughs> the worst version of this are the TV preachers like Joel Osteen, but there's other ones who are less well known at this point, a little older. And their whole thing was just these late night or what weird time television talk shows where the whole thing was like send your money because if you send you poor oh desperate so religious awful. people will just yeah. send your money then god will reward you in return he will answer your prayers he, it's and this is like that's the it's just wrong i'm so it's just that is disgusting behavior those people are profiting off and of the atheist types yeah, who talk shit about those people are the are the it's the rightest they've ever been about something like they those people yeah. are disgusting <laughs> and i agree fully that that is morbid in the worst way yeah well you've got that so that's like the opposite of prosperity gospel whatever that is like lay all your money you poor people like give us all your money us rich pastors or something but then you've also got the people who are like Joel Olstein who are up there preaching about if you you know sacrifice and dedicate yourself to the Lord, the the you'll be rewarded with a mansion and five cars and a luxurious life, and that's what it's all really about, and that's what God wants for you, and that's the best thing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Jordan Peterson. I mean, there's part of it that kind of skates on that, where it's like, well, it's like a pragmatism. Like this is useful because it'll help us flourish, foster human flourishing, which is obviously, I think there's something true about that, but that maybe the way that looks is not quite right. But yeah, you, this is interesting. So why do you think that he comes off as, um, yeah, false prophety or uh, atheistic perhaps? Well, it's, well, those are two different observations in my mind. But one of the reasons mm. is, so like this little clip we just played, this little research that Adam Curry did or whoever did that for right. him, I don't know. Uh, but he is become so there i mean it's not even i'm not i don't even think i have to put the piece of the puzzle together the the it's kind of already formed there like he's got this group they've got it's big promotions that, that what they were commenting on was this whole sp like commercial type 
is that the right word? Commercial? Like a advertisement thing, like video with like music, like symphonic well, music and all this yeah, stuff behind got promos it. And, ads and that's and, why John yeah. Dvorak in that clip goes, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Cause it was like, they would pause it and they would just guess what he thinks coming next. It's like, Oh, now the sad music. Okay. Oh, that's because the times are rough and tough and blah, blah. And then <laughs> oh the symphonic music, join us, get on the ark. We're going to save you all. And then you look and it's like the legatum group, which is a think tank, which has legatum capital, which has all these different people in it. Now, one of the names stuck out to me that he mentioned twice, Niall Ferguson. I'm okay. Oh. I have a book and it's called what's the name of it. That's what stuck out to you. Mike Johnson stuck out to me. The well, new speaker yes, of the that house. For sure. Now, now there's two different Ferguson's that are popular. One is more UK and I'm not sure I need to figure out which one he's talking about, but I have a feeling it's the one whose book I have in my hand. The other Neil or Niall Ferguson is this is the guy who kind of started the COVID pandemic panic. So he was the one that came out right up front and said, we're all going to die. Gazillions of people are going to die. It's like Ebola. We're all dead. It's we're fucked. That, that was his first message. Oh then all this weird, this never hit the news, but all this weird shit happened to him. And if you look in his story, there's some, it's hard to find, but there's some weird stuff like, I mean, just, I don't know if he's like maybe not allowed in certain countries. I can't remember. But he also was the guy that did it with, did the, played the exact same role. You know, he's like a modeling guy, like models. I don't know what he does, but he did play the same role during, it was either swine flu or the bird flu or Ebola. He, he was, a, and he said, we're all going to die from this. And then I think like three people got the illness that he said every single person on the planet was going to get. And then he disappears and he doesn't take front and center, but he plays this weird role. So it's either him, which I'm, mm. I was doubtful until they started saying some of the ideologies behind it. But if it's actually Niall Ferguson, I read this book in college. I was trying to ask the professor what I wanted to do something in line with blah, 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 blah. I don't know what I said. And he said, you should check out Niall Ferguson, this book by him. It's called Civilization, The West and the Rest, A Dazzling History of Western Ideas. So his whole, and that's why I think this is the Niall Ferguson they're talking about. His whole, this whole book is like, hooray the West, you know, and which is kind of like a canceled ideology to a certain extent to be like, and, and it fits in line, right, with Brexit, you know, this, we're we are England, like we're the UK, you know, it, that's the kind of the vibe we got from, from over here. I'm sure they had their own problems pushing them towards that over in England and in the, in the UK. But from this, pers our perspective, it looked like they want to hold on to the kind of Western values, be have independence and blah, blah, blah. This book, you know, it's, it's exactly what you'd think. It's like, uh, guns steel and gold or whatever you know it's very much like here's how the west won everything you know here's how the west here's why the west is the best so the whole presupposition or premise starting out is the west is amazing and we're the winners you know so and that seems like that's, that is the guy by the way i just looked it it's up. the civilization guy okay that's the guy in the arc forum right foundation so i thought well that's interesting i remember this book from him what was that book about and i looked up like oh yeah this was like this super which was odd even at the time when i read it, it was like oh wow there's this like really intense like really smart 
historian guy who who actually will talk nicely yeah. about the West and says how great it is. Interesting. And so it's becoming well, this group thing. So that answers this, the f- second question, which is, or one of the questions you ask, it's starting to look like you kind of have a, um, I wish there were a, a softer word because I don't mean this as intensely because it's like a, a pre a pre thought about him like you encounter Jordan Peterson and he has a prophet type of mm, vi- sure. vibe something yeah. like that where you're like oh wow this is like a this guy's really has a message you know and you can li- and it's a good message and all this and then now mm-hmm. we're seeing that develop that has been developed and developed and now it's part of I mean like investment funds and groups that were you know behind the it entire change of the yeah. in- government in Europe and all this. it's like wait what are you doing well, what are so, you a part of what yeah. what 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 are you guys actually trying to foment here and it feels like it t- dovetails with that other thing we've talked about which is that we might end up with a regime change here in this country which maybe is needed, but what will the regime change be? Will it be a weird right starting out as Jordan Peterson did? I've already lost my taste for him, but most people haven't. So starting out, it's very palatable. It seems right and good, but what comes in its wake? And this is why I can't believe you still haven't watched The Handmaid's Tale. Not that I think it's prophetic <laughs> or, or good or anything. It. <laughs> it's just that idea that this extremist... this. Basically, the idea the extremist right when government comes in, but when they did come in, originally, it was in the midst of real life, real crisis. There was a real problem. Fertility literally had gone to zero almost. Mm. And so they were like, we have yeah. to do something. Okay. You see what I'm no, saying? It's weird. I know what you're saying because on the steel man side of things, I think you could say, well, this is if you really believe these things, you have to make them happen or make them real. You have to have an organization. You have to do stuff. Yeah. And there's stuff that comes along with that. That you know, if you want to make a business, right. partly it comes along. And, you're gonna and have to do things that maybe you thought you'd never. Ramaswamy's name was in there, but maybe you he goes. He, you know, he gets the pitch from Peterson or somebody, and he goes, "Yeah, I'll, I'll align myself with that." Doesn't mean that that he, every little person in that list is in on some grand conspiracy necessarily. Right, you, you right. just you do things like that. That you know, you take advantage. Yeah. You do what you can. You're trying to unite people. Yeah, so I can see that happening. However, I think yeah, to your point, like if we're talking about biblical stuff, which it seems like a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff, especially recently. I mean, he's doing this series on the Bible has gotten really. Like not just like religious in essence, but religious literally. Like they're literally going through the Bible. Um, He's obsessed. It seems, yeah, it seems very strange because it's not like what what would Jesus do? You know, it's not that. It's not be humble and go out and just say your message and live, you know, kind of this very non-materialistic life. This is not that at all. So They're turning it into a, like a th- theocratic thing like a theology theology and it's like a religion yeah, yeah it's theology and new politics religion. religion and society religion and culture and but at this but all the while that message is is completely missing the whole premise of the whole the co- corpus that you're drawing from which is jesus that's what christianity is you're hijacking it and and you're 
your boss is a Jew, by the way. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I found, so it's like kind of an inconsistency. So they talk about the West. Douglas Murray is also a part right. of it who's written. Same kind of, kind of the West Same kind of the person. Rest, but also very, yes. yeah, war on the West as that Niall Ferguson exactly. guy. And I do think that there's merits of the Western society, but at the same time- And a war on the West. A Western society- <laughs> Probably. Yeah, doesn't jive with a fundamentally religious society. The Western society is secular and the Western society allows for religious freedom. But what they're doing is, it's not even hidden. It's like they're literally going through the Bible as if the Bible is the source of truth, which is literally fundamentally religious. And that doesn't really jive with this whole Western society thing to me. It's like, how can you be, well, we're all for Western values, but at the same time, Western values are fundamentally Christian. And so we need to establish a fundamentally Christian liberal society. And I'm like, what are those words? Fundamentally Christian liberal society. Well, you know, and like, what does that and mean? And they're being backed by groups that want to provide better birth control for women and stuff. That That is like super progressive left wing destruction of the family origins. You know, like that's where. So some people definitely don't like that a lot. Too, a lot yeah, of the, the people Christian that they're trying to appeal to, if they knew that would yeah. be totally not for that. So that's what I'm saying is. Is hmm. something odd and it troubled me that Vivek Ramaswamy his name can be mm. brought up in that context because like I said last time we talked about him he took someone's advice and he he got better and yeah I like about being on the stage and taking people's points and, and yes stuff. and I don't even know if I like everything that he says but you know we still feel like we need radical change and mm-hmm some of the stuff, it's kind of just like prioritizing, you know? I mean, Nikki Haley, the quote-unquote winner, who people who think they're anti-war are starting to kind of like, I mean, I feel like I heard David Sachs talk well about her. And I'm like, dude, you do know that she like made a... She's a bloodhound. She made yeah. a, she she created a military industrial uh, complex. She, she has a defense uh, company. Advisor role, yes. She, yes. she like created her own defense company. She advises company. military industrial companies too. Which is, yeah, and exactly. Ramaswamy yeah. points so, that out. So it does seem, there. I don't know. Which just, she doesn't respond to. I'm, yeah. I don't have any conclusions on this. I'm just saying these are things to like make sure you get your eyes on and your brain on when you're well, trying to think yeah. about all this. You go, whoa, what is going on? No, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I had this experience recently where I was listening to Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher talk about um, the, is that your hate listen? Yes, okay. that's my hate listen. <laughs> Pivot podcast, Scott Galloway, Kara Swisher. Two. Scott Galloway has really become an airhead. He just repeats himself. All the, the No time. Agenda Show um, people used to play them all the time, just because it, they're it's like content gold. You're like, what are these people talking about? <laughs> they're so crazy and stupid. But sometimes Kara says interesting things. She's a journalist yeah. and she's been around and she knows a lot about industry and she doesn't have the worst takes ever on a lot of things. Um, she actually has insightful things to say on some stuff. Um, and so I was listening to them and they were talking about Mike Johnson getting elected to Speaker of the House and they were like, oh my God, this is so terrible, how religious he is and blah, 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 like all this stuff. And on the one hand, I was like, well, you, what does 
separation of church and state mean? And what does religious freedom mean if you can't have a religion and be a politician? Mike John, like he's really that, leaning into it for some It is a little, he's leaning pretty heavy, not going to lie. Yeah. Well, so that's the other thing. So I can say, okay, well, you're being a little too critical because if people can't have a religion, right. you're saying only secular people can be in office. That's kind of not adhering to the freedom of religion that we've established in the country. But then on the other hand, I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, that's a little much. Like your religious insistence borders on limiting uh, the freedoms of other people in the country. And because you have so much power and influence, you're likely able to do that, limit those freedoms and whatnot. And I found myself being like, you know, this is, there's something in what they're saying that we actually kind of do need. Like we do need that check on extremist conservatism that tends to be highly religiously zealous. And I was kind of nervous because I feel like what happens is these people who are typically the check on that, which are these more traditional liberal people, have just totally been, they've like humiliated themselves. They've totally parodied themselves and made themselves so stupid sounding that you just uh, sort of cordon off everything that they say as nonsense. Yeah, it's like Sam Harris. It's hard to take Sam Harris seriously yeah. now because he he just, he got absorbed or, you know, they... It's, I don't know what they did. Like did, the did they agents. Yeah, did, whatever. <laughs> it's like, did they, they cried wolf too much or something? And now when it really matters, no one's going to listen to you because you made yourself the little boy who cried wolf yes, or something? Yes, exactly. I think it's like you went too far. Like, yes, we did need checks and balances and we were being too insensitive or non-inclusive, but now you've gone too far and you're saying that we need more progress, even though a lot of progress has been made. Now I feel like that makes you almost the victim of a lot of stupid thinking because uh, you're you're saying, okay, well, it's not just enough to not be uh, discriminated against. It, you actually have to have preferential treatment. That's what we need. We need actually reverse racism. That's right. You know? And so then your point sounds kind of stupid, which originally it was needed. We did need a countervailing, you know, equal rights, humanitarian, liberal cause, you know, freedom of religion, freedom of all these things, non-discrimination. And now you've gone too far. And then I think, yeah, you get dismissed. But we still need the balance. And I don't know how you get away from that. And that's the thing I was thinking is a lot of these people, it feels like we're just kind of shattering into a million pieces. Like we can't really come together. And I feel like one, we're almost like all the different pieces are vying for power. And what we really need is a reunification, not a, yeah. a new piece to come and be the center of attention for everyone and the center of all culture and authority on anything societal. Yeah, it does. I think that is true. And it's funny because I always used to say almost the opposite. Like, I like when they're gridlocked because they can't get anything done, you know, the two sides or whatever. Mm. But I think that's because I imagine the opposite of gridlock being lockstep. But I don't like tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that what it really means, what it could mean is, and I think Ramaswamy does inhabit this a, in a little bit. If it, it, like the most pleasing version of him that I have in my mind, which I don't know if is real or not, would be radical change in a lot of ways that almost everybody agrees with. And he was kind of saying that, you know, he's like, fundamentally, we actually have the same impulses. I think that was one of his. Or something like that was yeah. one of his, you know, quotes. So that's the best version of him that I that I could hope for, is 
radical change. Like we here's there's serious problems. War, uh, financially, this country, trade, competitors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Media corruption. Yeah. And then some of the other things, it's like he's already trying to explain where that balance is. So like the question on what about Israel? Israel's an ally. And we can't keep doing this at the same time. We'll do what we can right. do, but we're right now we're doing what we can't do. And right, Nikki Haley's Israel's an ally, so we need to literally kill, kill ourselves everybody. if we have to yes. in order to defend them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I, like, Whoa, I think okay. that's. I'm just hoping for that. I don't know what I. It's going to be. It hasn't even gotten interesting yet. And there's things I haven't thought about too. I I was actually. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but it just sometimes the other perspective enters my head more clearly than it ever has before. And I thought, what if that idea that some of the warhawks claim that they have, which I don't actually believe them, but they're what if their rhetoric is actually true to some extent? That like if you do have an ally and they get attacked, like what what do you do? Now I think we're not Israel's only ally. So why do we keep having to do the most out of everyone all the time forever. So there probably is, right. again, a balanced approach there that's just not happening. And we're pretending like it's either heads or tails. And it's like, no, it's somewhere along the circumference of this thing. There's a whole world of the, it's like the only answer isn't do nothing or explode the world. So right. let's and figure that out. I haven't seen a vision for that reason, region, uh, from either side, it seems that even the most concrete vision I've heard is from conservatives, which are their vision isn't a lasting solution, which is just to reestablish the borders. But that is the problem that or the situation that got us into the problem situation that we're war, conflict, whatever that we're in now. And so that can't be the solution moving forward. We can't just go back to what it was with a two state solution, military operations, kind of the oppression of you know, both sides in yeah. different areas, that doesn't work. Did you hear that? They're just apropos of something, I don't know what, but there is a quote from Trump from when he was president, or at least he was talking about when he was president. I'm not sure what he made the quote, but talked about meeting with Benjamin Netanyahu. And he said mm. something like, I thought that Benjamin Netanyahu was going to want to find a solution or something, something to that effect. And then mm. Trump said, but it, when I was done with that meeting, I kind of had the impression that that's not what he wants. I don't know what that quote means. Yeah. I don't know what the context of that was. I'm just saying <laughs> there's a lot of, I said, apropos of something. I don't know what that is, but it, it goes to show that there's a lot more going on with this. And I think currently, since it's so complicated and confusing, the thing that Vivek said is something that I personally hold in my head as like a partially a beacon of hope is that I is the idea at least that ultimately if we're part of the group that's called the masses or whatever, the people we actually mm. do share fundamental instincts and impulses to some extent. They, there will be differences, but you know, like the data, yes. the data says yeah. no, not many people actually think nine, even pro, Deathers or whatever, uh, <laughs> pro natalists or what are they called? Abortion people. 
lovers, whatever. Pro-lifers. Pro, no, that's the <laughs> other one. Whatever the opposite of pro-life is, I'm not having the word right now. What, what the hell? Pro-choice. Pro-choice. <laughs> I, I was like, what do they call themselves? Sorry. They have to rebrand. So I, I know. Um, <laughs> well, now I forgot what I was going to say because I couldn't think of that word. What was I saying? <laughs> oh, that even they don't even... want nine, you know, on on average or beyond right. average, right. they they. Don't, they don't actually agree. No one wants abortions up to pregnancy, right? Or up to birth, basically. Like that. That, that kind of it kind of just inherently freaks most people out. They're like, I don't know, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's comforting to me. No, there to are know some that impulses that's that we share. That we share, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And there's a lot of things that would be like that that we could actually enact and get change on stuff. For example, the big tech companies. Who doesn't want to break up Google and Facebook and all of these monopoly, Microsoft? They're too oh, yeah, big. exactly. They're too big. That's... Everybody wants to break them up. Everybody thinks it would be more efficient. I mean, when you work in some of these companies, as I have and do and my partner does, um, it's crazy. It's literally crazy. You just think about the complete inefficiency. For example, Michael's company, you know, they have this awful app experience. They're... Let me tell you, there are more than 100,000 people working at this company, okay? Where Michael More than 100,000 people. Yeah. They have a terrible app experience. And What's, what does that mean? Like they have an app and the app is no good or something? Yes, okay. the mobile app. It's a mobile banking app okay, okay. and it sucks. Think about your mobile banking app. Is any mobile banking app good? No, it's terrible. And it's trash. And there's more than 100,000 people working there and you just think – you have so many people working here. You could have 1,000 apps. You could have 1,000 apps. There's so many people and so much money. You could buy startups. You could literally have a new company of five people make an app that's 10 times better than your app and buy it for less than you're paying all these people. It's The amount of waste and uh, inefficiency in these companies is crazy. And it really flips the capitalistic narrative on its head. You have to realize that, of course, this isn't free market capitalism because free market capitalism is all about efficiency, right? So how could it be this efficient? Of course, this is not free market capitalism. So I feel like there's stuff like that that, of course, like, of course we need to break these companies up. It's not even a debatable point at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that that we could get uh, radical change on that we would have consensus around. Totally agree with Vivek on that point, um, at least, and yeah, the rest of the Republican candidates, like I said, back to the USSR thing, it really starts to look like we're, I mean, it's really, I felt like it come, came off to me as what you were saying about the hierarchy revealing itself or whatever. Just sort of some of the stuff that's been under the radar, sort of the, I don't know, less than true, less than desirable, shady things that happen behind closed doors are now coming directly to the forefront where I mean, you literally have people calling out the media for pushing fake news stories for multiple years in past elections that swayed the elections without a doubt. It's just 100 percent true. And they just still pretend like it didn't happen. They just still like it would be like if you caught a liar red handed and they were like, <laughs> next question anyway. And they just kept doing what they were doing. It's just crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Um and so I feel like there's, yeah, this USSR stuff comment really got me where some of this stuff is just really untenable. It's untenable at this point. I don't know how it's even possible to keep going. Like the media, of course, cannot exist in its current state. I was watching the news this morning 
because we we're in an Airbnb and the news was on the TV and uh, they were talking to some doctor about, I don't even know what the fuck they were talking about, the heart benefits of Wagovi, a weight loss drug. Oh my God. They're like, by the way, this weight loss drug has other unintended benefits, not unintended side effects and consequences, unintended benefits. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, just... <laughs> Like, of course, that's a paid-for ad. Of course, that person's on there by design. Like, that doesn't make any sense. This is just so totally corrupt at this point. It's depressing, yeah. but I think everybody realizes it, and we need to get uh, this stuff done. We need to get it out of there. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, I wish I... I just wish I knew... Because you could think about I, any I cannot see you. It's, I can see like the tiniest sliver of your forehead. Oh, weird. Sorry. <laughs> What's going on? I wish I sorry. I wish I knew <laughs> which, you know, cuz you think about politics or you think about the medical complex and all that information and big pharma, healthcare, yeah. all this different stuff, academia and each one of those things is just so it's all of them are so really they're fucked they're really fucked up in a bad way and when it's all happening you know when when it's everything like that like politics this that the other you think there's a degradation of all of that stuff and and culture and pop culture is a degradation of all that stuff a symptom all a symptom of the same kind of thing underlying like what problem. is going yeah. on that's causing it all this and and if you and maybe the fact is to bring it full circle if you are thinking about that and you're jordan peterson for example maybe you're just a guy who's like i'm not a jesus guy never have been i'm a phd psychologist professor and maybe you just decide that there's a big problem and maybe this is the thing that changed and we need to somehow get the society back because it's all melting mm -hmm. you know we've got to put remodel this thing back together because it, it can't just be a soup on the floor of melted wax we've got to have something there fundamentally central to who we are and i feel like this has existed at least in our minds for, you know, different, like, so we think of, we used to be able to think of Germany, you know, what, what, what was the German thing? It was like amazing manufacturing, you know, high, high, high quality manufacturing, hardworking, on time, diligent nationalist people. And that was there. So we're, so we maybe believed at some point that was Germany. And all, all the other stuff, whatever else they were, Protestant, I don't know what they are. You know, it had all of that with it. And that's not the case anymore, even for Germany. You know, Japan had, had their thing. And it seems like every- Well, it's an interesting example, too, because we saw how that got so easily tilted in the completely wrong direction. Right. Well, it, it, so it seems like everything's, it's very, it seems very alchemical. I can't remember what the three processes or whatever are with the alchemical, but- it's essentially melt, mix, and rebuild. You know, it's like amalgamate, something amate, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But basically this kind of occult, like alchemical 
thing or a problem reaction solution kind of follow, it's like a dialectical kind of thing you know you got to melt the things down destroy the things mix them together and build this new thing and it feels like it seems like it's too big of a task but it kind of feels like it's being done anyways you know how is it being done like yeah. what is the magic behind this that's causing the world because if it's if this is happening that's all over so the world it seems like well what a perfect recipe to then install the thing re-amalgamate into the thing that everybody says they're going to do but nobody seems to know how to prevent which is oh we're just going to end up with this world government like a single control system for the whole planet and it's all going to run through this whatever even if it's you know there's national high levels of nationalism in regions it won't you know ultimately there'll be this thing above everything and you have like the un or or the world we have like world health organizations and you know it's and we're melting everything a little bit and maybe we want to make somebody somewhere pindar the lizard king i don't know wants to re <laughs> formulate this world government i don't know it just it's like but you it makes you even if you see it before your eyes you still i it's still very curious like what is that? what did that what yeah. what what did this how did it happen it's amazing it's crazy i i can't even and maybe it's just it's so hard to imagine. Yeah, natural collective unconscious processes or whatever. Uh, I think that's very Jungian. But the other thing it makes me think of is there's this uh, prediction by this old guy. I can't remember. But you can find this prediction out there is that he was like, World War Three would be this war between the like literally between Israel and other states and the Islamic world. And that the solution to that would be the secularization of the entire world. That he was like, we would finally transgress religious wars or transcend religious mm. wars and that that we would emerge into some new, completely secular world. Um, and that that's an interesting concept, because when you think about like the, what we were saying about the West, the West is not a religious world. The West is the secular world. Like the East is the religious world. That's the only bastion really left of the religious world. Like when you think about truly religious, like people who are willing to die for their beliefs. Um, and it's painted as like this awful thing in the West. Um, and of course, there are terrible things that happen, but there are also terrible things that happen in the West. Like we go bomb and do terrorisms all the time on Eastern countries, you know, in the Eastern world yeah. or whatever. Yeah, what's so, the moral foundation I, supposed to... That's the question. You know, like Nietzsche, exactly. God is dead, and now we're doomed because what will we believe now? You know, what will what will direct anything that we do? And that's a huge question. So, you know, the Jordan Peterson, yeah. the ARC stuff, I don't know. I'm, I just... It gives me scary feelings, but I mean, so does the world as we live in it. And there's just a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, we watched yeah. a God. What was that? There's a show on Netflix. This is totally a change of subject. Tale. But no, this is about. <laughs> it's about um, this girl. The theme ultimately becomes like when I first started watching it. I'm like, oh, this is about a medical case, and it's this girl who has. They claim she has R something PS, like this acronym that's basically systematic pain syndrome so like they describe it as you get a cut oh it hurts and then it kind of subsides 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 for you know over a couple of weeks and then you're better they have like the reverse basically so you like they'll 
touch themselves and then the pain grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and gets out of control even for nothing you know so anyways that's they mm. by the end of the documentary it becomes about this hospital taking these kids away from their parents and it happens a lot apparently to ill uh, children or families that have a child with a unique illness that many doctors don't even know about sometimes and so they quote start doing suspicious activity like doctor shopping going to lots of different and then they start getting accused of having munchausen by proxy because they're constantly taking their children to medical doctors and trying to get different opinions and tr like they're trying to get what they want out of a doctor to harm their child and all this crazy shit oh my and God. this case i mean it really affected me watching i was like whoa man like it was kind of a tearjerker if you pay close enough attention it's crazy <laughs> by the end and uh i don't know why i was saying that but i think the thought was spurred by this notion that there's nothing guiding that morally there is a moral there but it's oh you yeah. know it's just a system well, of 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 com fully secularized morality and and uh technocracy and yes this, well that's what you know. was a good point in that jordan b peterson podcast with uh, Dr. John Lennox, the one we mentioned earlier, they talked about how ethics is central. It's not an auxiliary concern of science. It's a central concern is that ethic, ethical decisions are embedded in every process of the scientific method uh, or every decision point, every, you know, throughout the entire process, essentially. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's so true. You think like, I mean, everybody probably can relate to this, but I've done research before and that rings so true to me because the way you frame things, the way you interpret things, it's even ethical on levels you're not even conscious of because you have underlying biases about what you think things mean or what you what your worldview is and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, I don't know how you can do science without ethics. And that seems to be where we're at now and seems to be where we want to continue to progress is that we need to transcend biases not through instilling ethics and understanding ethics better, like philosophically, but that we need to remove ethics. The ethics are actually not really a concern of science. Well, that's why if you study ethics, like in philosophy, I had a whole course on ethics, and that which is separated somewhat from morals. And what, <laughs> yeah. what that is, is an exploration of all these different types of ethics. You know, like there's all sorts of ways to philosophies you can have that are ethic that you say are your ethics and they, because they are quote-unquote ethical and another whole ethical ideology philosophy literally finds that ethic to be anti-ethical you know it's like unethical ethics <laughs> so what your ethics are matters right right i mean fauci's isn't fauci's wife is a medical ethicist oh my god but she had terrible ideas you know what i mean like clearly whatever clearly your it's ethics, not, yeah. the uh <laughs> yeah. the sam altman and all those guys like the or uh sam bankman freed or whatever they were effective altruists my that's god. a philosophy yeah. an eth that's an ethics uh, yeah. philosophy like mm. you could take philosophy course and that is a philosophy of ethics a type of ethical worldview and so I actually heard, by the way, yeah, because it duped people like Sam Harris. Oh, yeah. I heard about that 
so long ago. Has he even has he even talked about that? Because the first time I actually heard of effective altruism was with him and Will McCaskill on his podcast years and years ago. Sam Harris's and podcast. And I thought, this is bizarre. Yeah, on his yeah. podcast. I mean, this is before he even had a paywall on this podcast, like so long ago. Will McCaskill. And um, that one does seem really amoral to me, that effective altruism. I mean, it, that's the kind of vibe that we're pointing out about Jordan Peterson. There's something about effective altruism that's like hyper moral mm, at the same time. Right? <laughs> but Sam McCaskill, his whole thing was I give away all my money. He keeps like some small percent. You know, it's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just you. I don't know what we're supposed to do. People just got to get right for the Lord. No, I don't know. Literally, I don't know. Anyway, um, anyway. you mentioned yeah. this cell phone pin. Oh yeah, do we want to talk about that just for a second? Well, I have this it's not that uh, Nokia, the phone, the device manufacturer CEO, says that new tech to- technology will make smartphones extinct by 2030. Oh, and s- seven years. Yeah, a very short amount of time. Basically, I think he said this at the World Economic Forum. He said that 6G would be here by 2030. I thought there wasn't going to be any more G, but interesting. Well, that's what he said. And he said that it could make smartphones obsolete. And I think this is is him. It's a quote from this article. By then, the smartphone as we know it today will not be the most common interface. Many of these things will be built in directly to our bodies. Yeah. Oh, one of those people. Okay. Well, Nokia, you've been living in the past, so I don't know what you're talking about. When is this Nokia phone yeah, releasing no, anything new? We're predicting I, the future. I don't even know. At Nokia. But interesting. I mean, the World Economic Forum is obsessed with that stuff. They're always talking about like bio-integrated technology and always predicting, this will be extinct. Eating meat will be extinct in the future. Elections will be done. <laughs> I have to do my Klaus yeah, Schwab right. accent. <laughs> Oh yeah, there will you, be. You just have to do no the more Dark elections. Lord voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Nazi, a, nar- a Nazi Dark Lord of the Sith voice. Yeah. I think, or no, that's more like um, Henry Kissinger. He's got the crazy voice. I think it's him. Do it. Strike me down. Liter- literally, literally. <laughs> no more um, elections. We will control the world population. Yeah, God. No, I don't oh, God, know. But okay, so this pen device, pin, pin, not pen. Um, it's a pin, like a P-I-N, like a lapel. There's um a little phone device um that they've invented. Yeah, let's read about it. Okay, I'll just read you. This was four days ago by Time magazine. Humane. The company is called Humane. Interesting name. Um, oh, I have a one more story too. Okay. okay, it wants its new AI pin to liberate you from your phone screen. Interesting, and it's a little like weird block pin, and uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It's AI powered, and uh, they it has a little camera on the front, but they say that it has this thing called a trust light, so that you can know when it's on, so that you don't think it's recording all the time. I think that's very. Um, Suspicious. Uh, of course, it's probably recording all the time. Of course, the government can probably right. hack into that thing anytime they want. Um, you can trust that that light is always telling you the truth. Yeah, I mean, I just am like, okay, sure. Sure, yeah, we were told, too, that nothing in our houses were listening to us, um, and that's obviously not true. 
Um, Obviously. So, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. I don't know. I just thought it was another interesting fad uh, that, you know, they're talking about. Another interesting backer is Sam Altman is backing the company, Ooh. the OpenAI CEO guy. Um, what's this What's this thing called? You said humane. It's called humane. The PIN, P-I-N, which retails for $6.99 plus $24 per month subscription fee. Oh, of course, we got to have a subscription fee with everything. Um because you'll never own Wait, anything what? and you'll be happy. What? Um, what? What is this? Oh yeah, doesn't it look wild? What is the what is the point of the, it? Okay, so just looking at it, I'm like, so they want every. Um, what is? It's this? like the star of Israel. It's like when they pinned the Jews, you know, and made the gay people wear triangles. That's what this is. It's like you know, it's going to be it's a, a symbol of something. I don't know. I'm just. Kidding, it's a but it's something. a cop body cam for everybody. Literally. Yeah, that's right. Like, what is that? What's the, what are they, what is this supposed to be doing? Like, what is, how is this better than my computer or my phone? I don't, what are, what are they, what's the perk here? Yeah, I don't know. I would watch the ad, but it's 10 minutes long. It's freaking stupid. Um, It says, as impressive as it is, the pen also has some bugs that will be familiar to anyone who has used ChatGPT. On my visit, Kosienda, uh, that's the founder, I'm pretty sure, asked his pin to write him a haiku about the Golden Gate Bridge. It obliged with a passable poem, but one that did not fit the syllabic structure of a haiku. Um, So, you know, it's not perfect. It's AI-based. But the biggest thing is that it's not a screen. So you hold, oh a, like, your God. hand in front of it, it and it projects your, yeah, onto your hand. lights onto your hand, which is... Uh, Okay, That's people, weird. we're done. It's over. <laughs> Never mind. It's over. You know, is this a public company? Can we short this? Because there's no way this is going to do anything. It's just weird. What like, it literally might as well about? just be a body cam. Like, it can hardly, you'd hardly even notice it. It's a phone. This is. No, everyone, look. Everyone is going to be a part of the police state soon. You are going to be ratting and narking on all of your family members, all of your friends, without even knowing it um, in the near future. You probably already are. um, But everyone is going to be uh, an asset of the state and a vigilante for the state. And the state will own everything. That's the other thing I was thinking, um, not to go on, you know, off the track here, but I was because we talked about the four turnings, you know, and the generational cycles and whatnot and how certain things get lost to history. Like we literally don't remember them because there's no one alive anymore that even has a memory of certain things or the way things used to be. And I was thinking there's going to be children soon, if not already, and a society soon, if not already, where no one in the society can even conjure up an idea of a society or a country without a huge overreaching globalist government that's just going to be a fact of life and we're not even going to know that society could be different we're not even going to know that that's abnormal absolutely bonkers completely crazy completely restrictive on individual freedoms community freedoms and we're just going to take it as the way things are the way things are and that is a scary thought to me yeah, whatever is behind these things, it's such a destructive. There's there's some kind of ideology, and I don't know what it is because I think it's so foreign to me. 
I mean, I'm, I just looked at that thing you just showed me and there was a thing that was like, it's not like this other thing. I clicked to see what that thing is. It's called the re the rewind pendant. Have you heard of this? No. It's a device you wear. I think I heard somebody talking, the, the all in people talked about something very similar sounding to this. And some of it they were talking about as a good thing. I'm like, what are you, what the fuck is wrong with you people? If this is a device that you wear around your neck that records everything you say in here, summarizes it, and tells you what matters later. <laughs> Perfect. Won't have to think or remember. I love that. I'm just trying to figure out what future... I'm just a complete vassal. These people are envisioning... Nothing is moral. Nothing is sacred. Nothing matters. There's no point to human life. Um, and the way we've organized life is that our daily activities are so meaningless uh, that I just could have a little you know, robot that records all my thoughts and everything I need to do because it's so, uh, yeah, unimportant that I could just forget it in five minutes. And I probably will because it matters that little. These inventions are, are like, here's an invention. I just have, here's an idea. We should all, (laughs) these pitches uh, where we should have like a, um, a, uh, 38 revolver Mm -hmm. that, it's only has one bullet in the revolving chamber. Ooh, interesting, yeah. And every time, you know, we just like it's we'll mm-hmm. keep it for protection. But you have like a holster on your shoulder, mm. and and but the holster leaves the trigger exposed, right? You know, and then you can get it real quick, and people can see it, and you know. It's all. It's a single action, so you just have to pull the trigger. I don't know. It just seems like a good idea. Like it's a thing you could. Inv- it's a thing you could invent that. Like that sounds like you could invent that. We should does do it that. kill you. Like or that's does what it kill someone else. It might. <laughs> who knows? Who cares? No, because no, because see, it's use. It's actually useful because uh, it will summarize things you heard. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like, mm. what are you talking? Especially like if you're a billionaire. David Sachs or whoever, I think it was him like saying that something like this could be a good idea. Your ideas and the things you talk about are extremely valuable and you you literally don't tell everybody the things you're doing because that would put you at a disadvantage. <laughs> right. Secrets. Do you know about hacking? Do you know about, like, what are we, just because you can make something doesn't mean you should doesn't mean you should yeah. make it like that's stupid it's like the thing they put that guy got kicked out of his house locked out of his house by the amazon locking system because somebody in earshot of his camera said like a slur or something and then locked him out of his house because they discontinued his service <laughs> oh i haven't heard so that this one. is a this is it's kind of been a while God. back, but it just it just goes to sh- it's like exactly the thing that it's the most obvious problem. Yeah, there's nothing. Of course, like, they're, you're you just have to follow their rules if you want to use their technology products and whatnot. And when everything's connected it, to the technology, you're completely dependent on it. It's They'll crazy. have complete control over you. Complete. It's so stupid. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. And what is this tool replacing? A key. You just put it in the hole and turn. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's so like so stupid. much more convenient than a key. It's just a small little procedure where we're just gonna cut your wrist open just a little, 
And then we're just, just gonna put a little put thing a little, in there, like a little bead in there, and it's just gonna live under your skin, and it's just completely made of lead. No worries, it's encased in plastic, and um, yeah, that's just gonna live under your skin, and uh, it'll help you when you need to unlock your door. Yeah, like it's just. <laughs> so I'm just saying. I mean, I had heard this theory before. That the problem is that the so the in the old movies, old old times, like who were the bad guys? They're like the quintessentials, like the evil scientists, you know, or this, the, and the, the nerds over time in our pop culture, it's reversed. Like now the nerds are cool. Like they're sexy. They're, they're, they're like, and now they're in charge of everything. They're effective altruists. And they're, yeah. The thing is, so here's the theory is like, they were bullied for a reason. Cause they suck. Or maybe this is, maybe they're getting payback. I don't know. But if you, that very well explains what's happened. Like you're just everything, everything you, everything. All these tech entrepreneurs are doing. It's like just sci-fi bullshit. Yeah, that's stupid. No, it's a hundred percent that they, they want to do everything. They want everything to be fucking Star Trek or something. No, it's a like arrogance chill. and pride, and it's it's toxic. Honestly, it's autistic. I have it's, known this. I used to be a smart kid, and I. Aired that if I aired on in a way that was the way I aired and uh, you know and then you meet real life and you realize that you're freaking piece of shit just like everyone else and um, yeah you can't be like that but some people never have that moment of uh, humbling humility and they just get to be the CEO of a billion dollar company when they're 18 years old and it only makes the problem worse and now instead of thinking they can tell their friends what to do they think they can tell everyone what to do and uh that's one point Kara Swisher gets completely right um Kara oh, Swisher really? is like yeah she talks about these tech billionaires like they're just young arrogant teenagers and she's like someone needs to come in there and nanny them honestly and <laughs> she's kind of right about that yeah they're doing this stupid stuff i mean it's like there's a there's a huge difference between the body cam hand projector as a revolutionary technology and the tractor. Right. You know, like we're not going to do real that things was so, anymore. The tractor was really helpful. The body cam for everyone. He's actually raping me. Funded being, <laughs> being funded by the guy who quote thinks thought to himself one day, it would be really powerful to control the world financial system, which he's right about. That would be very powerful. <laughs> he also thinks that Correct. a body cam for everybody is a good option. That we should do like so he's funding. You know what I mean? So listen. What are we listen. like just what is happening? Put like, on the doing? body cam. They're, Next this, time you go when you go to Thanksgiving this year, put on the body cam and show your family that you are an appendage of the state. Just show them. Just show them where your allegiances really lie. Yeah, it's. I can't understand it. I just, it's okay. So here's a conspiracy that I'm trying to f unravel. It is resurfaced. So, um, you've heard of appeal? What? Uh, appeal. Uh, a p e e l. No. You've not heard of that? Okay. I thought you meant well, a p p e a l. There's a company out there. I think the company's called Appeal and okay. Let me just read my notes from my research. Well, let me tell you why this came up again. 
I saw a TikTok. People, everybody, anybody, stop posting shit that you don't know about. Like, and saying that it's true. I literally found a video of like, uh, like what we do, like what we do, you know, like I found this thing. Let me tell you about it. I got like, I did research and they literally said things that are verifiably just factually untrue that are not even important facts. Like you would have just absorbed these <laughs> passively while doing the research that you're supposedly have done. They said, this person said, Katy Perry and her husband, Orlando Bloom, I'm like, they're not married. That's not even a part of the conspiracy. Oh, God. But it kind of becomes a little conspiratorial when you say that. But it's also, if you type in who is, there's no, unless the internet has totally been washed of this information, Katy Perry does not seem to be married to Orlando Bloom. If you type in Katy Perry's husband, it shows you Russell Brand and a divorce date. I'm starting a new and if you type in Orlando Katy Perry marriage scandal. Exactly. Like, what are we talking about? So I'm just saying that's the kind of... Cra- so someone posts this thing. Some guy makes a research video about it using the evidence that he found on TikTok and then cl- makes a real video because he did more research. And then there's no... And then you're just... Everything you're saying is like, how did you actually find that? That's literally not a fact you can yeah, find. Yeah. They're not married. Where did that, did you just literally make that? What the fuck is that? That's not information that is even available. It's not true. Anyways, I just, it blew, I'm like, bro, you couldn't have stumbled into that. Like They're just going off the cuff. They're like, Katy Perry, cuff, you know, fully. she's married to Orlando Bloom. And like- I, I invented <laughs> a world in my mind where this all is true here. Believe it. It really stresses me out because- the video that he's responding to and that all these people are talking about appeal Katy Perry bad 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 because she's in Orlando Bloom like bought a bought a apple cider vinegar company and bought and then did a deal with Bill Gates I mean all this weird shit so I start looking into it and what I find is the original this has resurfaced but it was out there once before and I heard this Reese most recently, Whitney Cummings was on Joe Rogan and she mentioned, did you hear that like Bill Gates or Katy Perry bought Bragg? The apple cider vinegar the most, company. The most famous quality, organic, non-GMO apple cider vinegar people in the world. And there's all this blah, blah, blah. Okay. I go looking for this information on the internet and I find a conspiracy that surfaced a couple years ago. And the conspiracy was that there were these investors like Katy Perry and such and Orlando Bloom, yes, into this Bragg company. And the, the conspiracy then was that they were changing the acidity of the apple cider vinegar. They were adding water. They were watering it down to blah, 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 make more money. I don't know, Okay. What okay. I don't know where, the, I, but I'm trying to find this new conspiracy. It has to do with Bill Gates and appeal and apple cider. And like, why is there why is there a whole history of apple cider vinegar conspiracy? I don't know. But there is some interesting facts. Appeal is a company that is making some coating that you're gonna that they're gonna put on fruits and vegetables, and they're gonna last longer. Supply chain, right? And they won't tell you what it's really made of, but that it's poly. And monodiglycerides, I think, 
uh, or whatever, something not great, but whatever. And there's a lot of hubbub about it. It's like what Bill Bill Gates is early investor. He's investing in this company heavily. And then that starts dovetailing. So there is something here, right? Okay. Mm. So that starts dovetailing with the fact that Bill Gates bought all this farmland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Katy Perry, apparently, interesting fact again, such a coincidence, was a lifelong friend of the main Bragg lady, the living who was dead now, but was at the time living member who was going to retire as the CEO and give the investor groups are going to buy it, including Orlando Bloom, Katy Perry, and a whole bunch of other. And this lady who was 90 gave Katy Perry her first guitar. They all went to the same church. It's a strange connection. Now Katy Perry's also invested in Appeal, this Bill Gates connected company called the farmland. Okay. It's, it's, it's all very interesting. I'm just clearing the air and telling you what is actually out there. And then my conclusion. So here's my little side notes here. And you can look into the appeal thing. I'm not doing a huge expose. I'm just giving these interesting kind of swirling facts around the case. Bill Gates, investor in appeal. Uh, people like Oprah Winfrey, Katy Perry were investing in appeal as well by 2020. This is like all, it's a very new burgeoning. It's going to change the world, you know, thing. Kroger has like this big famous partnership with Appeal. So don't shop at Kroger if you're trying to like not support Bill Gates. Um, also, Kroger was kind of draconian during COVID, just pointing that out. Um, they're using this on many things. They're test, they've like tested it on avocados and limes and all this, but they also want to put it on softer fruits and vegetables like asparagus. That is not the deal that Kroger has, which I find to be interesting because things with hard outer skins probably last a little longer you don't need this as yeah. much probably safer to use it on those though yeah. you know than like coating your lettuce with it kind of interesting um there's really no other solution so, i mean we couldn't possibly grow the food locally and eat what's in no season. no because bill gates's farm is not local you have to get it from there um andreessen is an investor by the way oh that chill so that's that's oh that means that it's definitely a winner no that um, means that you know and cur- you know this is a scam you know. Oh yeah. It, that well, guy, something's, something's wrong going on with that guy. That guy might be a criminal. I think he's probably a criminal. Probably. He's got a weird look. Um, no. I mean, he funded eyes. Adam Newman. Like, I don't know how you're not in jail. I don't know how Adam Newman's not in jail. Well, what's so funny is that you, you're really into this uh, WeWork scandal it's so bad. but people still i've never heard any oh, sc- like people God. just talk about it all the time like it's just a regular oh they like went bankrupt but they, they're figuring it out it's no like i never hear this alternative like i don't know where i thought there was something out there that you were exposed to there is you where can you were watch like, the oh, documentaries there's this huge conspiracy. but it's just oh it's a documentary it's just so crazy but there's multiple of them there's even one with like it's a whole reenactment it's not even them it's just a show that's about the we work thing with anne hathaway in it and really? yeah i mean it's like it's basically they quote word for word interviews that they've done and stuff so it's almost like it's a documentary but um i mean it's just crazy it's crazy because adam newman was just doing the most corrupt level of fraud on just the massivest Massive is what am I saying? On the largest scale possible, and uh, and then 
he ripped everyone off, got out with like a, what they call a golden parachute in the finance industry, which means that he didn't suffer any of the consequences for all the laws that he broke um, and somehow made money off of it. And a bunch of people, you know, got effed. And, um, and then, you know, now he has a new company after all of that, after all of that fraud and scandal and lies and deceit. Um, now he's starting a new company, and you know who's funding him? Adam, uh, what, what, not Adam, <laughs> Adam Newman's funding himself. Um, Andreessen, Andreessen Horowitz. Horowitz. Yeah. So that guy's a crook. That guy's a crook. It would be like if someone robbed a bank, and then you were like, do you want to start a financial institution with me? I'll fund you. It would be like, okay, that person's a crook, and that person's a criminal. That's so, what yes, that is. So you're both but, criminals. But good investment, because you're like, oh, this guy's untouchable. He knows how to get yeah. away with it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. Probably put your money where these guys put their money because – or <laughs> oh don't. Maybe God. they're I the only ones like that make it out. Yeah. So, You're right. Anyways, You're right. So interesting side note there. But wax coating is what we use now. There's like, you know, if you wash your apples, you know, rub them on a towel until you get that fuzz, that haze off that apple and stuff. Um, here's my things to point out about this. Watch for more conversation as this develops for – refrigeration that's one of the only kind of naysayers out there are saying well without refrigeration without and i'm have a little what do they say stick in my craw or something about (laughs) uh refrigeration scandal back from covid i don't know what happened all those refrigeration systems going something weird's happening um and i also so these are my little thoughts so i also i wonder about food prices as they currently are we all know going to the grocery is ridiculously expensive and yeah, just cut off the your re- limbs right so the relation of food prices as a subject to the subject of billionaires and farmland you know having an interesting new interest in it weird weird stuff going on you know like how what will it uh it'll at least be taken advantage of it's a great opportunity you know, to claim that you can fix these types of problems with this kind of stuff coming along. We're going to need a reason. Um, but my whole thing, so after I realized that this apostolic conspiracy became a conspiracy at all, which doesn't make any sense. And then when you look into it, you're like, people are all over the place on this. And then people who believe there's a real conspiracy are saying shit that's verifiable, like, you, like just so wrong. It doesn't even make sense. I think that the conspiracy... Okay, one more fact. These articles you find, a lot of the ones that talk about the conspiracy, like say that they're, oh, by the way, there's this conspiracy and we're going to debunk it, whatever they're saying. I notice this interesting phenomenon. And I think this is how they, one of the ways they make news, okay, out of nothing. A lot of this started, these articles, their origination point were sources such as this post I found on Instagram. Like that's what you know. Like oh my God. that. That's what the conspiracy. It was just like I've so, seen a lot of news like that just popping up recently, and it's just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they're evidence that's for not like news. Yeah, so they're evidence that there is a conspiracy. Is that like one or two people said so on uh, the internet? God. It's like what is it's an op. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm so I think this is a perfect example of something we talked about before. The conspiracy is the conspiracy, in a way, and. I meant something a little different last time I said it, but it it's a perfect thing for this as well. So it's kind of just, this is the motive or the motif. Say, oh my God, here's this big conspiracy. 
but the conspiracy is bullshit. It's just a bunch of fake bullshit that's just confusing. It's all over the place. Are they watering it down? Are they poisoning us? Is Bill Gates taking over farming? Like, what? What is the actual thing here? What? Katy Perry, Orlando Bloom? Like, what? What are you trying to tell me? Why? Why are there all these different weird aspects? Do you like those people? Talk about them. I mean, it just it's all over the place. So, I think that that is, and maybe in this case. It's like not that important, so it's not a huge one. But maybe this is some of the big conspiracies have the same thing going on, where there actually might be something here, really, but it has nothing to do with watering down apple cider vinegar. It 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 doesn't have to do it's with a distraction a conspiracy to vaccinate you with the coating of apples. I mean, maybe I I don't we don't know because everyone's just making shit up, but. It it is interesting to step. I think if you step back and look at it, it's revelatory of the system. Without all that other stuff, I think it and it's it's revelatory about things that are actually more accessible, and you could almost do something about them and not be hmm. stupid at the same time. Because you, what you see is this class of people, this class of this way of operating. And there are pieces that fit together. You go, Bill Gates goes and just random, like it was like this random thing. You know, we have this thing. He's buying up all this farmland. What's he doing? Just What's he doing? Random. He's a heavy investor <laughs> in this company that you, that, 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 of course not. that chemical that they use to put on the fruits and vegetables is made from fruits and vegetables. So now we see a little connect. So he buys up all this farmland to feed the world no, to produce a chemical, maybe. Maybe that's the real thing. Oh, he just it's he needs a shitload of resources to produce this chemical to put on the other food. And then you say, well, this guy's a freak, whatever. And then you look at the people who are investing in it. Katy Perry investing in both companies. Orlando that, that's weird, right? These are pop stars and mm. you know, but I think once you get up to that level, you realize that Sometimes Orlando Bloom talks to the World Economic Forum. Sometimes these famous people oh, that are just singers and actors yeah. are literally investing in the, you know, world changing uh no, they're products and they services. They have to make messages and put on their social medias about all this stuff. Yes. I mean, they have to weigh in on COVID lockdowns and all this nonsense. So these people are part of the op. And I don't know. So I so you see, I I don't know what is actually going on there. I just know that people are seeing this, even Whitney Cummings mentioning it on Joe Rogan. But if you really look at what's going on, it's don't get bogged down with mm, watering a down. More complicated. Yeah, yeah, what actually is going on? Like, what are you look at it for? Like, I feel like that's my experience of it. I, I looked and I stepped back and I said, okay, fuck all, what all these people are saying. Just the little, the like bullet pointed facts that I found. Oprah Winfrey investing, Bill Gates, just two companies, two things, and all this mass, these massive investors, massive and super famous, super wealthy people like Oprah Winfrey, Orlando Bloom, Katy Perry, these weird investment groups from Sweden, Bill Gates, and all, you know, all this farming. Yeah. You just start, you, it's you just go, highly coordinated activity yes, you, among elites. And you realize that they probably planted this fake shit. Like just muddy the water a little bit, get it all, get all the, because we're going to, we're just going to make moves. It's not move might be just just purely economic, but they wouldn't be popular. People would look at it and not like it. So let's just tell them we're watering the shit down. Like get them like they're going to we're going to draw some attention, but let's 
redirect that attention to bullshit yeah. that would never hold up anything to us ever because we're not doing this other shit that they're saying. We're just not sure. doing that. Yeah. And if we were, PR so what? Control. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's just like, uh, I think that that echelon of society, that's how they operate. It's politics. It's in, it's in, so it's in government, it's in business, it's in entertainment, it's in, it's in everything. And we just don't see it. We're just too low on the totem pole to recognize that this dynamic, they're playing by rules that you don't even know exist. Oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's the big thing is the back to like uh, earlier in the conversation talking about investment and banks and how they work and loans and all this stuff. Most people have no clue how that even works. And you can talk to investors or billionaires and they'll be like, well, you need to blah, 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 blah. And they spend, you know, they can go on for hours about all of this stuff that you just have no idea what the hell they're talking. They might as well be speaking an alien language. And you're like, wait, are you like this is the same society I live in? Like I'm supposed to know. What what is equity? What what are loans that operate at that scale? What are we talking about? Yeah, what are you people actually doing? Like, how does that? And I think Dan Carlin, Dan Carlin, ooh, George Carlin, that joke he made. You know, I don't I don't even know if what he his comedy was jokes. It was just ranting about the government. But he was basically he had that famous line that it's a big club and you ain't in it. And it really does seem like that. <laughs> you like, ain't. Like you can get into it. We just watched this the Ali Wong thing, and it's you know. It's, oh, it's, she's it's, funny. Yeah, it's not about that, but that show, the beef show, is pretty funny. And she, oh, you know, she has like a plant shop, and she has to, she just can't. She just has to keep rubbing shoulders and playing this weird game. It's not a main part of this thing, but you know, just to because they're gonna buy her company for ten million dollars, and she's like. <laughs> what oh the God. fuck like the, these people are weird as shit you know they're so she's like her the person that one of the big investors that's like gonna make sure she gets the deal is like has like a collection of like crowns from around the world and stole like, bought some shit from the Caribbean <laughs> government oh and, got, and it's just it's exactly like that and she's she, part so of the story though is she's trying to kind of I well I want 10 I want the 10 million dollars like I want to get there and that's it's you know so you can get in but boy, what does that mean, really? You know, and she'll see they give her yeah. her deal, you know, and it's like, well, I know you wanted the ten million so you could spend time with your family, but the board wants you to stay on for another, ten, you know, five years as CEO. And it's like that wasn't what the point of the movie was, but you know, it's it's probably just you know those are researched points. That's probably how it works. You know, They're, it's realistic to some extent. Yeah, and I don't know. It makes you no, wonder. And these people are crazy. These people are crazy. I mean, they never live like they preach that other people need to live. You got Bill Gates flying his freaking jet all over the world saying that we need to have only, you know, three pieces of clothing a year and carbon emissions are just way too high and we need to release mosquitoes into the atmosphere. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's just what, what, like, literally, what are you doing? Because this is the part that is like, what would Jesus do? You know, that obviously you're not you know, a good person. Yeah. Um, but also, Jordan Peterson, I feel like a little bit, it's a little like, is this, what are you doing? You're flying around the world also on jets and like doing all this ritzy stuff and kind yeah. of living this luxurious lifestyle. You have more suits now than probably a suit company. And, uh, and they're I mean, weird, I flashy suits. You know, there's definitely yeah. some ego going on with the whole thing. 
And I th- actually, it's a, probably a good case study. I, I kind of think, and we've mentioned this a million times, but that they literally, the root word, you know, the root of deluded, they become deluded. The, the root of that is same for delusional. Like they literally yes. become something. There's that Harvard study that we looked at the question, do corrupt people seek power or does power corrupt, basically, was the oh the yes, research. Both. And it's <laughs> it's both, but probably power corrupts. I th- I think. Wasn't that it? Yeah. Well, it's I mean, I or think this both? is such a I think it's both and you can yeah. find different studies, but I think yeah, we definitely know that power corrupts power does change people. If you put people in authoritative positions, that's what the Stanford prison experiments were. Um so or the, the Lombardo, Mil- ones, yeah, Jim Bardo prison yeah. experiments. Yeah. Those have um, problems and, with being valid. But yeah, but there's other ones like that aren't so problematic that are still pretty yeah. much find very similar phenomenons. Yeah. But the point, I mean, it's like you have these people who, you know, say these things about how you should live and how you should do, but they're not really living it out. And I noticed that same fault in myself. And we all do oh, that. Yeah. We all sort of like preach to the choir, as they say, or whatever, where you just say stuff. Like you'd literally come off the cup. You're like, you should do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like you like if someone were to put a mirror up to you, it'd be none of those things. <laughs> and yes. partly, you know those things because you don't do them. You that Because you're transgressing in that way. That's how you become aware that those are actually important things. And so you either have to seek to remedy those things and then maybe – you can talk about them with some authority and that's also embodied in how you live. But maybe I think what also happens is that you realize that just saying those things doesn't change shit. It doesn't make anyone any different. If you are a fucking alcoholic and you just go and talk to alcoholics all day long about how they should stop drinking and stop doing drugs and well, get your life together, it's not going to change anything. Um, and so, and may- so yeah, maybe you have to do it yourself. Maybe nepotism which we've talked about in many contexts in this realm, maybe that, maybe that's one of the causes of this melting of the world, like I was talking about earlier. Because in a lot of people, not even rich, rich, rich people, yes, but you hear it more from like just very wealthy people will mm. admit that there's a question about what do you do when you're really wealthy and then you have children, especially if you made your wealth and then you had children, you, you're you not sure. And I think maybe the- Do you give it to them? I think the yeah. second generation might have an even tougher question uh, because- Like, what do you do with your grandkids? Because I, or... well, I think that- so, Well, what I think is I think that you can get some people- No, it's probably still within the first generation because I'm, what I'm thinking is some people probably get really wealthy and they think, finally, and now I could, I, you know, I can- everything's going to be fine and they don't have a second thought about it. And then their mm. kids are just dumbasses and spoiled and whatever. But I Got think new problems. there's a lot of people that find wealth and then will admit they'll think to themselves, I got here through hard work, tons of adversity and struggle. And they reflect and aren't sure if they could have amounted to the person and that they became or the success that they found without all of that struggle, without actually having nothing to start with. And then yeah, they pass yeah. that wealth on, you know, you're, you're not going to screw your kids, I, I guess, you know. So you have a few generations of people who just never 
because one of the things that happens that is, makes it such a problem is that those we work people whatever they actually don't have consequences so how do you correct yourself there's no what there's nothing to correct because there's no consequence yeah I, so if i steal a bunch of stuff or i do something really shady and then nothing happens and then the court says nothing happens and then all my friends say nothing happens then you do, you become deluded and you think no literally not this is actually normal that nothing did happen i didn't do anything wrong and they right, never right. there's no correction and there's no recourse and I that can just buy my way through life and bribe people and whatnot it's interesting in the WeWork case because they actually were poor people who came up and somehow got all this money from people so it wasn't that's not the best example but yeah that one was really that's why that example is so weird to me because those people were like literal grifters. They were just grifters. They, but they were, were poor brought, people who knew how to grift. Well, they were, but at some point they had to be brought into the club and do whatever that means. Oh, yeah, they were coached by people on how to do the grift at a large scale, of course. Yeah, so that's, that's just how it works. Probably by Andreessen Horowitz. <laughs> Dox him now. Right. And then you, but that, yeah, so then you just end up with this nepotistic. Um, system where, oh yeah, yeah. where ev- they're all everyone's all in on it, you know, and they, it's all a it, they know it, how it it's, works. It's not a, a a club of hardworking. It's a it's a social club of bajillionaires yeah. that right. we just maintain the club order. Yeah, and hey, I I'm I'm doing a deal. You know, you want to get in on this deal? Oh, I, you know, how, like when the fuck did Katy Perry get into the Bill Gates? Thing? You know what I'm saying? Like. That's that's rubbing shoulders with that world and people doing that. That you're no one's gonna ask fucking you. You know yeah. what I mean? You're, well, it just and not doesn't to work say, that way. Yeah, the other thing, not to say that it's not hard work. Like I do kind of believe that it is hard work to become a billionaire for a lot of people or rich or whatever you want to say. But it's not the right back to ethics. It's not the right kind of hard work. Like you're working hard at the wrong goals or the wrong aims if that's what you're trying to do if you're trying to become a billionaire just by creating like creating that phone thing like the weird lapel literally phone, like, that's what i'm thinking of too. Body, I'm like what like, are you do, what are you doing <laughs> what are exactly. you doing <laughs> just completely misguided deluded you're completely ego self-centric and at the expense either you're completely reckless and you're not aware that it's at the expense of all the other people and yourself or you're actually evil. You are evil. Like you are willing to make deals with the devil. You're like the devil tells you, "Hey, by the way, you know, big government's going to be able to use this to weaponize against all the citizens." Like you willing to make that trade off for all this money we're going to give you? And you go, "Yeah." Yeah. Either that's you, or you're so ignorant and so idiotic that you think you are actually really helping the community. Um, which is hard to believe. It's hard to believe because at some point someone has to sit you down and they go, we're going to need you to sign on a line for $10 billion and there are some conditions and you're going to need to know about them. And we're going to talk for a lot of hours about this. Yeah. You can never read this contract. It's too long, <laughs> but it's written <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> you'll have to follow it. Or, you know, maybe it's a grift from up top. You know, the people who are loaning out the money like, or like whatever, you know, get them drunk, have them sign the contract and then tell them about the conditions later. And yeah. they take advantage of people's naivete like that. I'm sure that happens in the club as well, from the existing and the new entrance. You know, that's totally a thing, like old money versus new money. There's to- totally <laughs> a clash there where old money is playing new money. Well, there probably yeah. is. And I think, I think that probably exists too, like in the thing we were talking about in the beginning with the 
political RNC, Republican Party, Republican candidates and stuff, it's totally possible and believable that it could be a legitimate feud, you know, where Ramaswamy's like, fuck her. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. She's, she's got to go. She's doing some old school thing. I didn't know this is bad. And I'm just going to call it out because I'm probably done for anyways or whatever. You know what? I don't, I don't know what the fucking angle is, yeah. but it's totally possible. And it is, and it's very much a club vibe, you know, who gets invited to the back rooms, you know, or God, the Nicholas. God the, bless him. Yeah. The Elizabeth. There's Holm something thing. about that. Yeah, there's something about the Hail Mary where you're like, this doesn't matter enough to me to play the game. Like, I'm just going to transgress and suffer the consequences because I don't care anymore. Like, if it takes this to be the president, then I don't want it. That's the kind of vibe Vivek gives off. And that I respect. That's what we need. Yeah. I mean, the most concerning thing that he said, by the, just to cu- cu- close that. Not that he's that, flawless. Yet. <laughs> no. Well, he said... Um, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I just find it hard to believe that you could care this much about this kind of thing. But maybe if you're in that world like he is, then you start to care a lot. But he said he, the, the Donna Romney, whatever her name is, whatever the RNC head came in for the primary or whatever, or maybe it was right after, before or after, and she tried to give him a hug. I think it was right before, and he said he kind of like rejected that and said i'll shake your hand this is a story he told on pbd and then he said that the reason he said that and maybe he just told the story poorly but he said the reason he said it was because something about how we've lost the election the night before the republicans lost and he was like upset about that and he thought like basically she's doing a bad job he's like upset that she's Mm -hmm. and i'm like so you're not going to give her a hug because and then she said he he did say she was combative and like questioning like oh what happened last night like what do you mean where like she knew but she was just like oh like what what are you saying like you gonna say something you know that kind of vibe but I just thought that's interesting like that's interest that I don't know is that petty what what is that behavior you know you you're like some Republicans lost in some races or, and you're like I'm mad at this lady. I don't know. It just well, it I can imagine that you've you've got a lot at, at stake. You've invested a lot of money, one, but you've also invested a lot of time in this. You've brought your family on the road with you everywhere you're going to campaign, yeah. and then to have it's someone possible. ahead of the party just throw it all away and like with their Maybe. ignorance and nepotism and incompetence. The answer just felt it, to me like one that he thought people that. would understand. You know what I mean? Like, well, Republicans are losing, right? Team, like the team's losing. Like bad coach. And I was like, huh. I don't know. It feels like a weird answer, a weird justification, but it's possible. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't wait to see it, though. It's yeah, gonna be interesting. I don't know. I mean, that just strikes me as like outsider energy. Like, oh, you Maybe. didn't know it was like this already? Like, it's just occurring to you for the first time and you're telling everybody like, oh, my God, can you believe this? Like, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are like... Uh, where have you been? Like, it's yeah. always like this. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, yeah, maybe he just thinks, well, her job is to get candidates elected and we just keep not getting them elected. So what's happening? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And they're like, um, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donors. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Okay. Halliburton. Lockheed <laughs> Martin. Ring a bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> money, exactly. money, money, money. Exactly. Yeah. Money, um, money, money. 
Money. All right. All right. You're out of here. You're out of here. It's fine. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Go go big or go home. And, uh, yep. Believe in the Lord. Yep. I got hungry by the end of this one. I started, like, not remembering names and stuff. I'm like, uh...